everyone. Welcome to the Felicity Optimist versus Cynic podcast with us, your hosts, Melissa and Fish. This is a Felicity Rewatch podcast. We'll watch an episode each week and join you here to talk about it. A reminder, the reminder we always give, say it with me, Fish. Not a spoiler-free podcast. (laughs) We didn't do that well at all. That's okay, though. Um, look, that's how off the cuff we are here. I just threw her in there. Yeah. Look. I didn't think that's what you were going to say. Yeah. Well, that's, I, I thought you were going to say, this is not a spoiler free podcast. It's not. It's not. You're right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you get the picture folks. I am Melissa and I'm here with, you heard her, my amazing co-host fish fish. How are you doing today? I am good. I like this one, um, and I have a number of things to point out, which many of you may already know, probably do, and uh, and I'm just sort of noticing for the first time. Oh, well, this yeah. this should be fun. Okay, we'll see. We'll see how many of these things I may or may not have noticed myself. Could be some cool stuff to mine in this one. We are talking about season two, episode fifteen. This one's called Things Change. Hmm. Couldn't be more generic than that. Uh, things well, change. Also, I, 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 we'll talk about it. But Did things change? But like, I don't, yeah, I don't understand <laughs> how anything changed. Like, okay, well, hey, that's a question we can all think to ourselves as Fish and I unpack this episode today. Did things actually change? Or were they just noticed (laughs) (laughs) i will i will be taking a hard look at that as we go through this one originally aired february 27th 20 i must have written this wrong (laughs) one moment 2000 i wrote 2020 which is definitely not when this aired okay 2000 um okay it was directed by Elodie keen written by andrea newman whose name has been coming up so many times in this season so she's getting a lot more to do in that writer's room the episode description is felicity is stunned when a visit with her dad reveals that he's taking anti-anxiety pills Nevertheless, she needs him to fill in at the clinic as the facility must have a doctor to pass the annual state review. Meanwhile, Noel and Ruby come to a decision about their future, and Elena's competitive streak is ignited when Tracy outscores her on an exam. Wow, I don't think any one of those sentences is correct. I agree with you. (laughs) I think every sentence there talks about an aspect of the episode and draws the completely wrong conclusion. Correct. Right. Okay. We're so what have we learned? The first several minutes of this podcast <laughs> are not that useful to you listeners, but they help set the stage. Look, you've come to know and love us and we're going to be ornery. <laughs> 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 so okay i mean that's fully on brand for me but i don't know if that episode description threw you into disarray in terms of where you want to start on this episode but where do you want to begin well i think we we can just begin at the beginning uh we have 
a lovely scene in Dean and DeLuca with Javier's back. I'm super happy about that. Mm -hmm. We got Felicity, we got Ben, we got Dr. Porter coming in. We, we got some people. Mm -hmm. um, Javier is considering liposuction. Sure is. He, he's really given it a good thought throughout the whole episode, actually. He is. You know, his friend did it. She looks a lot better now. Mm -hmm. And um, and Samuel is, is being a little cruel. But uh, as he's standing there talking to Felicity about uh, potentially getting the fat sucked out of multiple parts of his body. And he, and he like, proceeds through this... <laughs> Like he's actually like showing her what he would look like with that liposuction. Every time he's like thinking of a body part that he would do it, he's, he's giving us a sample of what that would be. I feel like this was an episode where both Carrie Russell and Scott Speedman were trying really hard not to break through quite a few of the Javier scenes. I can't imagine that they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of scenes in this episode because there's a lot of Ben and Javier stuff and and Scott Speedman just like has his hand mm -hmm. like as if he's resting his hand on his chin but basically a little bit covering his mouth and I was sure that was because he must have had so many takes where he was just laughing and or he he tries to drink things. Yes. There are multiple times that I noticed where he's just like, let me put my face in this cup so you can't see me laughing. Yeah, there was a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. So the liposuction quandary is real. Javier's going to ask pretty much everybody he has a chance to ask here in yeah. this episode. And he'll sort of go between that and having serious conversations. Yes. But a serious conversation, um, does not start when we get the fabulous Javier line. Uh, Pam walks in and she sits down and uh, Javier says to Felicity that Pam has a little crunch on Ben. That might be the first time we've heard him say it crunch, is. right? It definitely is. That's his thing. He's going to say that a lot. Uh, okay. <laughs> Javier has, you know, he, 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 we know that Javier, he, he mixes up words sometimes. He does it more than once in this episode. And yes, uh, yes. crunch is one of his standard go-tos. He is the uh, Mr. Malaprop of Felicity. Nice. I like that. Thank you. Well, this is kind of an interesting one because, you know, they they're going between like the weirdness of him having all these conversations about liposuction, but then they're really bringing in pretty quickly some of the more uh the, some of the themes of this episode that are tie from other themes so pam coming in we meet pam for the first time and uh pam is just dropping in at dean and deluca because she's got her eye on ben maybe probably mm -hmm. there's yeah. much speculation and ben there's, yeah, I mean, it doesn't last long because Ben does walk over to say hi, and I just love these cute little expressions that Javier and Felicity have, like looking back and forth at each other and looking at Ben, and you're like, what's gonna happen? And what I mean, were you seeing from Carrie Russell here? Like, because we're getting a, the lines that we're getting from her. It's like, oh, I think she's looking over here, type of stuff. Mm -hmm. 
But what were what were you getting from Carrie in this scene? I I mean, I think there's always going to be a tiny little bit of jealousy in yeah. her, but it's not pronounced. Like she's kind of getting into the like let's press Ben's buttons with Javier and you know let's say you know things that are going to kind of ruffle him and and Ben does get Pam's number and and Carrie clocks it she mm-hmm. is like oh you got you got those digits huh um and so i mean she's definitely keeping her eye on what's happening there mm-hmm. and as we get a little farther into this scene i think she does um I mean, she, the, the word I used was distracted. It didn't look like she was heartbroken, but she definitely was distracted by like wanting to know what was going on. Yeah. Um, because after Javier says, you know, Pam's got, got a little crunch on Ben, you know, we get, we just hear sort of this, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not amorphous, but we, we hear this sweetheart come out of nowhere and personally i found it super creepy because Mm. then we pan over and it's felicity's dad and it's just the way he said it sounded really creepy i found Um, the opening scene pretty jarring actually because it felt like they were doing a lot of things and didn't feel cohesive to me and i'm not sure why that is because it's not that they've never had like a bunch of characters floating into a scene before um, so I'm not really, sh- I'm not really sure what that is that I was reacting to, but maybe that's part of it. You know, we have, you know, you think maybe this teaser scene is going to be about Felicity looking curiously on as Ben is having this conversation with Pam, but then it's kind of not what the scene is about because Dr. Porter comes in and, uh, now Javier's going to start back and ask him about the lipo He's I mean, like, he's a doctor. Yeah. He should know. I mean, he's not a plastic surgeon. Yeah. But, I mean, he's a doctor. Yeah. And he's like going through the options. Like, you know, should I get this? Should I get this? Felicity's fighting me on it, but should I get this? Like he's, he's doing all this stuff. And then finally he goes away for a minute and Felicity's dad is able to have the conversation that he wants to have, which is basically asking Felicity to hang out. Um, yeah. And he says, you know, basically they haven't seen each other in a couple of weeks mm-hmm. and i was like wow they he backed off for a couple of weeks and then Where it she turns was out just hard oh, no. to nail down yeah yeah then it turns out actually she was busy and she's the one who like hasn't been available so nope he's still stalking her um yeah. <laughs> it's just she's not available yeah so that conversation is happening and all the stuff that's happening with ben and pam felicity's clocking it through this conversation oh, yeah. she's like looking over his shoulder and like seeing the other conversation happening on the other side of the room i yeah. I, I think part of maybe part of what was like jarring to me about this scene was i don't know in addition to all of this stuff that's already happening Javier's reason for going away is that he has to take care of Norma, Norma. the (laughs) the employee who's back talking customers. And then we actually follow Javier to see that Norma is from the back of her head. We can see her being like, I don't think so with a, (laughs) 
one of the customers and Javier's like, guess what? It's free yeah. <laughs> a customer, whatever it was he was buying. We see all of that. Plus all the stuff happening with Ben and Pam, plus all the stuff happening with Felicity or dead, plus all the stuff with the lipo. And then they all have to come together again at the end of the scene. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> it is definitely chaotic. I wasn't, I wasn't really thrown off by it because I don't know, morning in a coffee shop is usually chaos. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, you know, but we have a bunch of stuff going on where it's like reality is chaos. And then, yeah, you're right. We've got the Ben and Pam thing. We've got the like Felicity and her dad thing. And then we've got Javier popping in and out and in and out and in and out asking if he should get lipo. Mm -hmm. um, but I enjoyed it. I don't know. Yeah. And then the Javier, I think, has like sort of the button on this scene, which is, um, you know, he comes back into the conversation and it's like back on the lipo section uh, section subject again. And he says that Samuel. So mad. So mad. Yeah. His significant other, who we haven't seen in quite some time, um, ha has a little thing that he's been saying to Javier to tease him about his weight and actually his whole appearance <laughs> yeah yeah apparently the poem is javier has no hair have another chocolate eclair yeah at which point i wrote down slap samuel yeah we don't That's need this cool. nonsense um but that is uh why he's one of the reasons why he's thinking about lipo yeah it is and uh and I thought it was interesting. So he he's sitting back down with Felicity and her dad. Felicity was distracted around the time that her dad was saying, hey, can we, you know, get lunch or something? And then Ben gets the digits and she's like, ah, you got you got the number and he walks away. So then she can kind of concentrate on their discussion. And so her dad starts asking her about her personal life, right? He's like, oh, you know, are you and Ben still? And she's like, no, 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 we're friends. It's fine. So it's like, she's got her eye on it, but she is still definitely, I don't know. I feel like she's saying they're friends. There's a lot going on in her life. Like. And from another angle, this conversation takes on a different meeting because, you know, there's Dr. Porter asking his daughter, oh, the guy you're the guy who's your ex or whatever that is um uh, like <laughs> it are your friends with him still that's cool and yeah. you know here he is mm. not being friends with his <laughs> you know so it's like <clears throat> he he's in a really different place and he probably wishes he in this particular episode probably wishes that he could have the kind of dynamic with his wife that he has with that Felicity has with Ben being able to be in a room, coexist, be friendly with each other. Um, he kind of says that. Yeah. Yeah. So we get our normal credits here. And just like I noticed the dog last time, I mean, usually I'm writing through the credits. Um, so I don't notice a lot of things, but, this time I looked up and I noticed one of the producers is Ron Howard. Mm -hmm. Didn't know that. No yeah. idea. Love him. They also do uh, sort of funny things along the way with name checking some of their 
some of the people behind the scenes in characters or names mentioned on the show. So that that can be kind of a fun thing. Like we we have seen it already with the Hotel Rockmore um, mm-hmm. from the Todd Mulcahy episodes where there's, I think, Tiffany Rockmore works on the show. Um, but we'll see other things like that later that I'll mention as we get there. But yeah. So that was one of my my first kind of, oh, huh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I noticed about this episode is it's getting darker again, right? I mean, we're hitting winter and mm-hmm. everything's kind of getting darker. Like everybody's wearing browns and blacks and grays and you know it's not as dark as season one but just kind of all around the whole the whole show is uh it's not that bright springtime color that we had a little earlier in the season so i don't know if it's just a winter thing or if we're moving into a maybe you know a storyline that is a little darker as well i don't know hmm. but um I definitely was looking at, at what everyone was wearing and how the lighting was. And, you know, I really liked that light springtime, hey, we have color mm-hmm. uh, thing they had going on. So, you know, I'm not, it's also, you know, winter here. So it would be nice if <laughs> if it wasn't all dark. But Yeah, it's- but it's also worth noting they probably had to try for that aesthetic because although this aired in February, late February of apparently 2000, uh, this was probably shot much, much earlier than that before it was winter. So yeah, you don't see any outside scenes where people can see their breath. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they definitely had to work on it. Yeah. We're going to go from here to the clinic. And I have to say this was a kind Amazing. of a cool shot to get us into the clinic because it was this like overhead shot where we saw people milling about on the floor of the clinic, but we saw it from not fully overhead, but an angle down. Um, and I think that would have come from, there's actually a staircase going down into the clinic. So I'm guessing they just got that by standing at the top of the stairs. Yeah, I didn't even realize it was the clinic until I saw there's this um, kind of next to the reception slash computer area. There's just kind of a square pole i mean it's not a pole i don't know what to call it it like goes from ceiling to floor Mm -hmm. and it goes out towards um it's like solid where the reception area would be Mm -hmm. and that's been the thing that i looked to to see if we're in the clinic yeah and so i couldn't tell until they panned that far over i was like ah the square pole we're in the clinic I I thought this was a really cool way to get us into the clinic for this particular episode, because this is an important day for the clinic. There's a lot of people in here that wouldn't normally be here. And, you know, there's this mix of like big shots and people Mm -hmm. who need support and the people who are the worker bees. And it's um, work sort of like that milling about feeling is what I felt when I saw that shot. And I thought, oh, that, you know, that does end you know, when we actually drop into the scene, Greg is stressed because he's trying to fill 
a position for a doctor that uh, a doctor backed out. They're getting they're still getting ready for this review. The doctor backed out and Greg's like freaking out because there's all these people who need help and like he doesn't know what to do. And, um, you know, so there's people who are waiting and he doesn't want this to be the state of the union for when this review happens, which is really close. Yeah, it's so all like days. Yeah. But I have to admit, he stays very calm for this being a super stressful moment. You yeah, know, I it, would say in real life, this would be panic city. Well, I mean, or Greg is just the calm guy. I mean, if he's worked, I mean, I don't know if he has, but if he's like worked in an ER or maybe it's just his personality, like I find it, I mean, he's pre-med. So I find it particularly comforting when you have doctors who don't panic. Mm-hmm. Um, or I could say that the reverse way, I would find it very uh, anxiety <laughs> provoking if my doctor panicked. Mm-hmm. Um, so I appreciate that about him and his character and Felicity is kind of the same when in the clinic, it's like, she kind of goes into a zone. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I mean, she's done. not in charge. Yeah. yeah. She's not in charge of everything, but like she's, she's, being professional she does you know a who, good job as a worker like if you were if you were Greg, if i were greg i would be glad to have a felicity on my team and that's kind of a lucky thing because she's there for community service so she could have been anybody with any skill set and you know like she's ben. got this ability to deal with the customer service stuff and she can do some data entry and she can fight some of these fires and she happens to have a dad who's a doctor so like he kind of yeah. lucked out I mean, he did. I mean, and she's interested in med. Like, this is something she's passionate about. Mm-hmm. So I think both her and Greg are well situated in this environment, very professional. You know who's not so professional? Who? Megan. Yeah. Well, yeah. Megan thinks maybe she's sick, but Does maybe she? she's probably not. Yeah. Yeah. Does she? Yeah. She she just wants to come on to Greg. She wants more Greg time. And she wants Greg to touch her mm. and see if she has swollen glands. Doctor, I have a sore throat. Yes. <laughs> it's like so not what we've ever seen from Megan. <laughs> no, but it was much better than the first meeting, right? Where that first meeting was very weird. Mm-hmm. It, I feel like she turned into a totally different person. Whereas this meeting, it's like she's a little more seductive about it. She's, like she's, she's got her hair right. Charm for sure. Yeah, she's got her hair right. She's got her outfit right. She's got. Oh my god! I I am in love with and want this ring that she has. Mm-hmm. it's it's a black coffin on a ring and i was like this is fantastic i want that ring but yeah she she's just like come caress my neck okay and yeah I that's feel kind of feel like that's maybe her her o face that's that it. we just saw yes yeah, so pretty much yeah greg does yeah. check for swollen glances like you know what 
not sure that there's an issue here, but let's just take a culture just to be sure. And uh, he he walks away to go get something done. And she's like, oh, oh, my God, she's reeling. <laughs> and then she turns to Felicity and she's like, you keep your grubby mitts off of him. That's right. She warns Felicity off. She says, Back uh, off. he's my man. <laughs> right. Greg, Greg is her flavor. He is her flavor. Sure is. Um, yeah. Just take a nice long lick of Greg. And I'm yeah. not going to lie. Uh, we'll we'll pull this in later when we do audience feedback. But Greg is not many people's flavor. Outside <laughs> of Megan. So um, it's so funny. And me. I mean, I definitely. You and I have. Our, yeah. uh, we have a Greg. Uh, some level of Greg appreciation, actually. Yes. Uh, and I, for different reasons than you. I just enjoy what he does to all these other characters, really. But and I um, enjoy him. I, I also enjoy what he, he does to Ben. I mean, that is hilarious. Yeah. Um, but in this episode, he is much less dickish mm. than his previous episodes. And in a situation also, where he probably should be more of a dick, to be right. honest with you. And he's like for if Ben was saying 63% of me thinks you're a dick in the last <laughs> episode, I think that number can go down. Yeah. Here. I don't think it will. I don't think it will for Ben. No. But, yeah. <laughs> I think that's that's probably an ever increasing number. Yeah. Um, he's just going to get ben. to 100 and then go over 100 at some point. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but Greg's like the fact that he's keeping it together, like in the face of not having you know, doctors in the face of the review. I mean, I think that's an attractive quality. So okay. like this episode may be the only one where I'm like, yeah, I could see being into Greg. We'll Look, see what listeners, he does in the future. I want to apologize if we're losing you. I know yeah. a lot of you hate him. <laughs> I know it. And we're going to give, we're going to, we're going to give some time to your voices later in this episode, because as much as we're fine with it, for those of you who hate or thumbs down, Greg, we hear you. Okay. Yes, we do. And again, <laughs> I, I don't know. He may do many, many, many things in the future where I will have to call him out and say, no, not okay with you. But this particular episode, nah. I was okay, okay with him. That seems fair. Well, let's go back to Dean and DeLuca, shall we? I think we should. This was strange to me. So we're going to get a yes. lot of moments, not whole scenes, but moments of Ben looking lost in thought and sad. Yeah, this was a weird, I fully, I wrote down weird, weird opening shot. So, so the reason I think this one in particular was weird because we're going to get a lot of this, a lot of this sort of like Ben looking sullen motif, but they did it in slow-mo. They did. Why? <laughs> it's also, I think the first time I've ever noticed him drinking coffee. How could you miss it? They ha He's got, he's next to the espresso machine. He's got the coffee cup in hand. He's looking sullen. And they thought this moment needs to be slowed down. Yeah. I mean, he, for me, it felt like he was like savoring and being comforted by like a hot drink. And I feel like 
in this episode, I guess if I had to give it kind of a theme, it would not be things change. It would be like people thinking or reflecting because we see this not just with Ben, we see this with multiple characters throughout where there's these little mini scenes of them just standing or sitting and reflecting and thinking on a reality that's already been there i mean yeah i hear you i hear you it's an it's an interesting way to do an episode and i i don't mind it but this first one this one right here this was weird yeah it's just for me it was like the bit redundant he's standing still he's not doing anything except drinking coffee so why the slow-mo but that's okay but I felt the slow-mo added. It was like this moment of, because I do this, right? If I have a nice cup of coffee, I put my hands around the mug. Uh-huh. I like breathe in. I take that first slow sip. It's mm. like I'm savoring it. It's very comforting. It's the best part. I don't see Ben as the type to be to look for comfort in a warm drink he it did not mm-hmm. seem consistent with his his personality well that's the thing though i think his personality is shifting i think it's he's a different guy right now than he was the in season one i think yeah that but unless he then more puts reflective in the... and it's and unless he's not he does... seeking conversation he hasn't very we haven't seen him go out and get a whole new group of friends you know, after the swim team, after Lynn went away, where he spent a lot of season one, like hanging out with the guys, hanging out with Julie, and he had people around him. And we've seen a pretty solitary Ben for a lot of season two, uh, outside of when he was pursuing whatever he was pursuing with Maggie. But even in that relationship, I feel like he spent a lot of time thinking Mm -hmm. and reflecting more than she wanted um so i don't know i think he's been like knocked into this place of really looking in at himself and not having a whole lot of people to talk to i like where we see him go with sean in this episode but he he doesn't have a lot of people yeah yeah we're we'll get there but so we've got thinking slash savoring coffee weirdly in slow motion but then we're going to snap into seeing javier Mm -hmm. and uh and ben and javier this is just the first of many times that ben is going to express his his feelings about greg and they're coming up because uh javier would like ben to work on wednesdays and ben can't because he's got a class he says, why don't you ask Felicity? And Javier says, she's the one who canceled on me. She wants to work at that health center. I mean, I can't believe that some people think that health is more important than muffins. Mm-hmm. And Ben's like, Rawr! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ben's like, I know why she wants to work there. It's that Greg. It's that Greg guy. And then we get this great little pout. Mm-hmm. Get, like, Ben goes into pout mode and he's like clearly jealous, but super cute. Um, Yeah. Pouty Ben. Yeah. He's Greg doesn't even have to be there. He just doesn't hear the name or know that Felicity is not at Dean and DeLuca to know that Greg is up to no good again. Um, Yeah. 
And then Javier is just totally oblivious to everything that Ben's putting out there. And completely. He's just going on and on about how like, oh, Felicity has been talking about Greg and just saying, you know, how inspiring <laughs> Greg is. And Ben just looks like he's being <laughs> crushed in a vice. Yeah. Poor guy. Yeah. It's uh, uh how is nobody but- noticing all this stuff that's going on with Ben? Well, Javier does notice that he Ben is not his the wrong thing, but yeah. yeah, he's not his normal, normal, charming self. But he well, does not notice what happens when the word Greg comes up. And to be fair, Javier is still thinking about lipo, and yeah. you know, he um, he at one point, you know, he's he's apologizing for for his behavior that day he's like i forgot to take my ginkgo bill blah blah (laughs) 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 which is actually kind of hard to say it is uh so i had to do that real slow slow motion like ben holding coffee um and then he's going into his whole like how how would it look if i did this with my face and he like stretches his whole face like his cheeks all the way back and asks ben how he'd look with lipo and ben's like stop like Let's just admit, at least 80 to 90% of the people who are listening to this have done this. It's the wind tunnel, mm-hmm. you know, when you just pull everything back, like uh, you're going from zero to three Gs. Um, we've all wondered what we'd look like. And um, no, Ben says, no, don't just do don't it. Don't do it. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't do, you don't need that. Uh, now, can you go away? Because I got a call to make. Yeah, because because really what just happened here is that, you know, Javier and just like not being able to stop talking about Felicity and Craig and how great she thinks he is. Uh, Ben's kind of realized like, oh, she's having conversations with other people about Craig. You know, like I've got to, I don't know, maybe I've got to pursue something else here. So he is going to call Pam. Yeah. Pam, 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 Pam. Yeah, Pam, 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 Pam. Um, well, that's the opening there. Look, we have some Elena Tracy stuff. Do you want to tackle that in order or do you want to look at that later? Let's look at that all together. Okay. Let's look at that later. So we will skip over that part for now. Let's go to, because there is some integration here. Let's go to philosophy class. Yes. This is just, again, sullen is the word that comes up for me a lot. Um, Sullen for Noel or for Ruby? Ruby? Okay. Ruby is, is, I don't know. Ruby, it's more than quiet. It's sort of disappointed maybe. I don't know. I feel like it's sad. It's like sad and kind of depressed. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I would put um like an attitude on it like i feel like sullen has this sort of attitude and i don't i don't think she has that i think she's a little probably more than a little anxious and i think and that every day that noel has left her in this sort of like limbo i don't know it's like noel's like i'll get back to you on how i feel about all this and it's almost like every day that he spent in that in that state is making it feel less likely to Ruby that he's that anything that she wanted to happen is going to happen here. Um, Could be. 
So I don't know. It's like as long, the longer this goes on, the more inevitable perhaps it seems like whatever hope she had starts to drop away class by class as they can't seem to get to some sort of a resolution. Um, And we know that it's been about a week, right? mm -hmm. And so it might also be a bit of a defense mechanism where she's getting more and more anxious about what's going to happen. And so she starts to kind of like pre-separate herself from Mm -hmm. him and say like, I'm just going to assume the worst. And Mm -hmm. then if something else happens, great, Mm -hmm. but it's certainly not making her happy. And she has a, you know, the hourglass is flipped over here and she's going to have to start making some decisions and pretty big ones. She is already making some, but you know, she's having this baby. So it's like, she, she's going to start showing, she has to start thinking about what she's going to do and how long can she actually wait for Noel to say anything about what he wants or doesn't want to do. He's not, you know, he's not even the father. So it's like, but again, it's only been a week. I mm-hmm. mean, I, you know, give the boy a chance to like digest yeah, I mean, all of this. It's, it's, a, it's really fast for expecting Noel to have an expectation of what to do. And so there, we, we drop into this class. Ruby has this look about her. There's this sort of awkward moment as everybody's sort of collecting papers from, the, from Noel's desk, the TA's desk. And... Um, Ruby and Ben sort of lock eyes while they're up there and she just sort of walks out of the room just like you said depressed um Ben it like Ben is kind of looking at Noel now and he's like oh what's that all about and Noel's like well I still haven't told her what I'm gonna do and Ben's like what are you gonna do he's like I don't know and um we see that there's there's this extension of them being able to have this conversation. They have a shorthand now. Yeah. And uh, Ben trying to be helpful is like, I mean, when in doubt, play basketball. Mm. And yeah. Noel's just, his answer's just no. Just no. Um, I mean, Noel's keeping it together in terms of at least being able to grade people because even though he's got Ben there as a kind of a support new support system he's still giving him a terrible grade it's not yeah, the worst Ben's the like, oh, I guess I didn't really get Tocqueville did I and Noel's like yeah, yeah. it's not the worst oh in the that's class nice. but you know I mean he doesn't offer any like hey I'm your TA I could help you out no he's he's got enough on his plate Ben's gonna have to figure out philosophy on his own yeah I um I kind of appreciate that they dropped this little piece in here because in the next episode we're going to see a bit of a payoff <laughs> oh. for everything they've set up here in a scene that you may or may not remember because I have a distinct memory of you watching it and our reactions to it. Um, well, don't tell me and tell me if I react the same way. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll let it play out organically. But yeah, they're just kind of. Get- the pieces they're putting together here will pay off soon. Um, you know what's not going to pay off soon, Fish? Oh, poor Melissa. Golly. Poor Melissa. Dear Sally. Oh. <laughs> she was
was so upset and I started laughing so hard that I actually then had to make her rewind and listen to Dear Sally again because I didn't get anything Felicity was saying. This was a great device. Never. Season one, when Janine Garofalo as Sally <laughs> was actually responding. <sighs> but it. It continues to bring me joy since it just rattles Melissa. I, I was not know what to do. She was. Um, she might still be. Um, but I will say, and this is going to be something I say multiple times throughout this episode. Uh, and in fact, I'm going to give this episode an award for best music so far. I tried looking up the music uh, afterward and i understand like what everyone's been saying about hey we can't find where the music is sometimes um, when you find music you love from the dvd it's your worst nightmare from the show because it's like yeah youtube <sighs> doesn't have it and if youtube doesn't have it who has it i have often found that even looking up lyrics yeah. even when you hear the lyrics word for word and you type them in in quotes it often still does not produce any song because a lot of the people that they went to probably for these dvd songs were uh lesser known artists independent artists who wouldn't have they wouldn't have legal troubles with you know so like they may or may yeah. not have much of a presence and so it, it can be a bit of a curse when you find a dvd song that you really like um, and there were a number in this one. So I really liked this song as she was walking down the street, I guess, unfortunately, talking to Sally. Now, I couldn't actually find a version of this song, but online it says that it's Fool's Bed by Umbrella. And of course, when I put that in the internet, I get nothing but Rihanna. Um, so I don't know if that's the actual song or not. I can't find it. Well, let's put our um, listeners on the case. Listeners, anytime we, we post questions about music, if you have already done these searches and found them, feel free to share that information because we um, there is some really good stuff from the DVDs and the ability to actually identify what it is is limited. Yeah. And well, I did find that I would be able to listen to it maybe if I subscribe to Amazon Unlimited Music. But mm. I don't want to pay $9 a month to listen to this one song. So, yeah. <laughs> like, it may be this song, it may not. But whatever song it is, I very much enjoyed it. Okay. So Felicity is walking. She's saying, I'm overloaded. I'm busier. I'm busy. It's easier than thinking about family. But it, this is eventually... something she's thought through. Like, she's not just overloaded. She's overloaded on purpose. Yeah. She's doing it on purpose because she doesn't want to think about her mom and dad. Mm -hmm. But then she says, you know, it's basically I'm going to have to confront it at some point or other. And so this is her walking to her dad's apartment. Mm. She's going to surprise him to and nope. say, let's get dinner. And then the, the joke's going to be on her. The surprise yeah. is going to be on her because... <laughs> He's like, ah, oh, okay, just let me get my things. And she walks into his apartment, which she apparently hasn't been to yet. And dad's place is, everything's still in boxes. There's no decor. Like, it's like he 
it's like the movers just got there and he's yeah. still just like pulling things out of he's living as much out of a suitcase as he possibly can still i mean it's you know single guy chic it it's you know there's food around stuff's not really put together nothing's really been done there's like a weird blanket over some chair i mean she's not used to seeing her dad like this mm-hmm. um so you can you see it register on her face that she's starting to get worried mm-hmm. and but this I don't doesn't know. really I line up it. for her with the put together professional guy that she's known and then you know she always knew him in the context of her home in palo right. alto so which i'm assuming her mom decorated and took care of probably yeah so it did not surprise me at all that this is what it looked like when it was just her dad alone because he doesn't have that person now to like organize his life yeah i mean i think when we get to a later conversation it is going to go beyond that this isn't just like he's a bachelor who's you know like you know he's also not wanting to unpack on purpose Um, but we'll, we'll look at that a little bit later, but they're going to give us, they're going to try to give us as much symbolism as possible as Felicity pans around this room. And so in addition to the, you know, the state of the actual apartment, she's going to see a couple bottles of pills on the table. She is. And then, uh, she and Julie are going to completely mess up what they are. Hmm. Um, you know, she's supposed to be pre-med or she was pre-med and she's working in a health clinic and she's looking stuff up on the internet and uh, you know she's not correct yeah (laughs) well so the pills that she identifies that were on the the table were diazepam and did she say florazepam yes yeah and she identifies diazepam as being a sleeping pill and which it's not so what is that one that is the anxiety slash panic attack oh so she attributed that to florazepam right which is what for insomnia ah okay so she reversed them yeah they mixed them up and it also for the record i'd never heard of florazepam um maybe because there's giant warnings all over the internet about it. And it was actually discontinued earlier this year uh, in 2022 by Mylan. These are both benzos and should definitely not be taken together, but completely makes sense later in the episode when um, her dad sleeps in, because you take these two things together, whew, yeah. yeah and that's the thing are... too i mean what we may know about them now they might not have known about them in the year 2000 or perhaps in 1999 if this was um, shot i mean diazepam definitely they did um i will say that um my father's a doctor and uh, he did work on actually getting diazepam through the the fda mm-hmm. and everyone was was very clear on what it does um there weren't better alternatives 
Um, I mean, there's lithium, <laughs> which is not great mm-hmm. because diazepam also, it's got a bunch of applications because it's the, it's a muscle relaxant mm-hmm. as well as an anti-anxiety. So like, and it helps you deal with seizures. So Gosh. there were a variety of things that it helped with that it still does to this day. But I think in general, people today try to keep away from becoming dependent on the benzos because they are addictive. And I don't know whether we'll see that in this episode but or in this series, but we'll definitely see Felicity being upset and also <laughs> attributing all of her fra- her father's problems to herself because she's the worst. I thought I thought you would reflect on that. Yeah, the, so yeah. she's looking up all this information with Julie and what's hitting her is I'm such a bad daughter. I haven't even like been with this guy in like a couple weeks. You know, like he he's there he is asking me to hang out and I'm blowing him off and he uh he's all this is happening. And so she's feeling I guess guilty. Yeah. Um, She's again taking on what is not hers to take on. This is not hers to take on whatsoever. She Um, needs a little session with uh, Dr. Pavone here to say, hey, stop it. Yeah. And it's really, it's so, it's got to be so twisted in her mind too, right? Because on the one hand, her dad moved to New York kind of out of the blue for her. She had moved to New York wanting not to be around her parents so much and wanting to like have her own life and forge her own path. Her father now moves to New York and she's, and is dropping in on her all the time earlier this season. And the boundaries that she was trying to set were fair. Like, (laughs) you know, like she, she was trying to allow for that distance and now because of the way everything is going, she's feeling guilty about having set those boundaries. But I feel bad for her that that's the conclusion that's happening here because she still deserves to have her boundaries if she wants them. You know, like exactly how much does she need to be there for and support her father to feel like everybody's doing what they need to do without going across her lines? Um, it's just this weird thing where the stuff that we were really examining pretty heavily when he first dropped back into New York, it's now like, ah, my boundaries don't matter. Um, and she's, and, and she feels bad for setting them. Yeah. I mean, he's a doctor and I, I don't know. I think it's probably a generational thing, a like gender thing and a doctor thing. But my guess is I could be proven wrong that he would be very, very anti-therapy because, you know, I mean, I guess what I would say in this situation is, Hey, why don't you go talk to someone? like a professional like I am with Dr. Pavone. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead she's, she's thinking, oh, I have to be his support system. Well, not only do you not have to be his support system, you can't do it well because you're not a trained professional. And, you know, we had all these scenes with Dr. Pavone where she realized that this is the pattern. Mm-hmm. 
And I, and this is honestly, this is how this plays out in real life too, which is why it's so frustrating for all humans who are looking on to anybody going through something like this, because it's like, oh, so you have already acknowledged, <laughs> it has been pointed out to you and you have realized that the pattern in your life is that when things are complicated with your parents, the whole family leans on you to make things feel and seem normal again and to distract them from the tensions that they're feeling. And that has been a problem for you in the past and ultimately led you to move here to New York. And so she had this whole realization with Dr. Pavone and then here we are again. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm just gonna say, I can, again, almost guarantee that, had she moved a little further to a place like, I don't know, Uganda, her parents would not have followed her. So I think the lesson here is move Move to to a place. Yes. Move to a place. Your parents won't follow you. Even if it happens to be, you know, in East Africa, when there's a civil war going on and lots of disease and death around you. Yeah. Okay. That's one lesson. We can take that (laughs) lesson with us. Um, And the other one is, you know, uh, it's like, it's a pattern, right? Like, and this really does happen in real life too. It's like, okay, I understand in my brain that this is the pattern that happens, but then when confronted with it again, the feelings that it brings up, forces you right back into the following the pattern, right? Because when you go off the pattern, it doesn't feel comfortable. It doesn't feel good. And so we end up perpetual, even when we know that we're doing things uh, that we've labeled in the past as not healthy for us. Sometimes we keep doing it. And, um, and here it is. This is absolutely. And if anything, Her dad has upped the game significantly because Felicity did set boundaries. Felicity did move away. Felicity did a lot of good things. And now in order for her dad to sort of pull her back into the fold, I'm not saying that he's doing this in a manipulative way necessarily. Sometimes people do, but in order for him to like shake her out of her new pattern and bring her back to the old one, he's upping his game. He's having more personal reveals like this the type of conversation that he's having with her later in this episode is probably much more personal like him sharing much more personal information than he's ever shared with her and so like that's the kind of thing where oh now she feels like his confidant he's like sucking her back in and uh it's actually the same pattern that was happening before it's just that his technique got a little stronger and he revised it a bit. She specifically asks him at that point, to be honest with her, Mm -hmm. because it's making her more nervous to not hear what's going on. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's sort of a jumble of things going on with her anxiety and what she's taking ownership of and what she's asking of him and the fact that she's getting older and you know you can't have those conversa- conversations with a 12 year old um but she's now in college and he needs somebody to talk to and she doesn't know the right response to that so mm. i i think there's a lot 
a lot more that's going on there than just like it's a tactic for like pulling her in. Yeah, I don't necessarily mean that in his case, he's actively thinking about using it in that way, but I think that is the result. Yeah, but I think it's on both their parts, especially yeah. since she specifically asks him. Yeah. Um, but for this scene, I only have one thing to say about Julie. I, I love her earrings. They are fantastic. Well, that's nice good stuff we're not going to see a whole lot of her in this episode so you'll get that much at least yep um we are going to see felicity and her dad again though shortly after this they're walking out out on you know out on a new york street somewhere and felicity is rambling on about how all this help is needed at the health center and she's speaking very passionately and in a roundabout way ends up sort of asking her dad to help work there uh, she comes out and says, I have a favor to ask you. Okay. But, but she's going through, oh, there's this, there's a review coming up and then, yeah. you know, then they're doing all this good stuff. And then she, then she rolls around to her ask. Yeah. And he agrees. He says, I will, I will jump in and help and fill in for, I guess it sounded like more than one doctor had backed out. Yeah. It seemed like there was only one doctor left yeah at the, at the health center but or the health clinic um i don't know i i have I to say wonder. i think they they usually call it health center but i guess clinic comes up sometimes yeah um i wonder if she would have asked him um to volunteer if she hadn't had that experience in his apartment. I feel like she would have kept strong and just let Greg deal with the doctors. Mm -hmm. And in fact, the reason she's asking him to come is more the, and we can spend time together mm -hmm. aspect of it. Okay. That could be. I looked at it in a slightly different way, but I, I fully want to embrace your your point as well. I, I was wondering if she would find it more awkward to put that ask in front of him, thinking like maybe she thought he was overloaded with a lot of things, not just like, do you want to put more on that person's plate? But um, but you're right. She was in this location and it would give them a chance to be around each other. It would also give her a chance maybe to keep her eye on him a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I think there's a lot of stuff there, but I, I was initially thinking like, Ooh, like, how do you know how this is going to land? If you know, who, who knows, maybe he's kind of overwhelmed right now. Um, mm -hmm. But she, she is there to give him a soft landing. So all of that is true. And then we're going to move on to more awkwardness. Yep. Awkward is the word I had. Awkward exclamation mark. That's what I put. Um, so. Philosophy awkward. class. And yep. uh, actually, well, not really the class. Noel's just in the room, right? And mm -hmm. um, Ruby rocks in, looking all distant. And also gorgeous. She's mm -hmm. looking good. Yeah. And, you know, her and Noel, they take a second to be like, you're looking good. Um, <laughs> and I like, and she's like, you look good too. And I was like, okay, well, 
He's not pregnant though. (laughs) (laughs) Neither here nor there, really. Um, Yeah. But it's just awkward. It's awkward. Noel asks about morning sickness and Ruby's like, it's fine. She looks super sad and depressed. She's like, here, can you sign this? I just, I don't, I don't want to be in the section anymore. Like we can't keep, we just can't keep pretending not to see each other. And I love Noel's response. He's like, I see you. Believe me. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Mm. But nonetheless, she still gives him the transfer form to sign. And he's like, I'll, I'll do it. I'll take care he's, of it. Like, I'll do it today. I'll turn it in today. And then they do this a couple of times in this episode. I really like this shot. Me too. Because Ruby is out in the hallway and Noel can't see her and she can't see him, but we can see both of them. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know. I really enjoyed that moment of like each of them side by side sort of processing their emotions you're right they do that technique a couple times in this episode and in totally with totally different impact in the cases that they do it with so in this one it's it's funny because it's like in a way there is an actual wall between them now but even when they were in the same room it felt that there was a wall between them anyway um and then you know she exits the room we see her through the doorway we see him And I was really kind of focused on her and she just looked like she she kept, she could have walked away to the next place she was going and she was just hesitating because it was almost like, is there something else I should say to him? Like, it was almost like there was a thing she had in mind that she wanted to say to him and she was hesitating, trying to figure out if she would do it. And then she just, we can see that she just kind of gives up on the idea. Um, But it was very much like a, the wall between them was a disconnection. Yeah. I mostly focused on her too. And it, it was just sad. It was really, I don't know. I felt, I felt like both of them were processing emotions and she was kind of standing there being like, okay, did I, did I really do this? Like, am I really accepting this as like, he's he's not gonna be around because the thing is like amy smart could have played this differently amy smart could have played this in a way where it's like well this could have been a manipulation like if i'm forced his hand Mm -hmm. you know like maybe it was a move of hope that's not what we got from her here this was like a resignation resignation. ah jinx you owe me a coke oh is that what happens <laughs> guys resignation how about that word oh yep. um yeah well it must be true if we both landed on it at the same time yeah. in an eerie way i mean it's it's kind of what i was saying before about her starting to push him away mm-hmm. you know just sort of yeah accepting that that this isn't going to happen and if it does great but like i need to prepare myself for the worst yeah so true well let's talk about preparing for the worst shall we uh <laughs> dr porter shows up at the health center and greg's pumped greg's like thank god i have another doctor here 
boy, you are a cardiac surgeon, huh? Okay. You are well overqualified for this work and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, thanks for so he's like, you know, my dad can help out. And Greg is like, great. We're loving that. Cardiac yep. surgeon. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Yes. Uh, that, that, we're just going to get may that change little later. later. Yeah, that might be yeah. uh, like, just don't uh, no. say too soon, Greg. Uh, <laughs> and he okay. may waffle back and forth on that a few times. Yeah, you may live to regret this, but it's all right. Um, and then you might live to be appreciative of it again. Who knows? It'll come full circle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we have a moment here. We're going to, we're going to head to a scene with Sean and there's so many things I want to say here. God, I hope one of them is the word I have written down, but I please go through and say all your stuff. And if you do not say the word that I am thinking of, Fruit. I'm going to be upset. That's my word. It's not the one I'm thinking of. Okay. So we're going to get into a scene with, Sean and Ben that I think sets up some really nice conversations between them in this episode. But before we get there, so Ben is walking into the loft and what he walks in on is Sean watching a piece of his documentary because ultimately he is prepping the documentary to pitch it to the independent film channel. But what he's watching is the part where he's interviewing Julie and he says, Let's sell fruit together. And she giggles. And that's the part of the video he is on. Nish, what do you think I'm thinking about right now? Not the word I'm thinking of. Oh, okay. Well, this is just an aside. And I thought I would just pull, I wasn't going to pull this in, but then this is just asking me to. So. Yeah. I mean, you have to. Somebody recently had a birthday. Yeah, I don't know who. It was you. Oh, right. And. Um. <laughs> couple things I want to say about this. So, well, first of all, fish is amazing. And so as part of the gift for fish, we, uh, got a little message from Sean Blumberg yeah. slash Greg Grunberg. And yep. if you follow us on Instagram, you already know about this. If you don't, you got to go to Instagram because yeah, you, you, just for this video, <laughs> it is worth it. It is worth it. Greg Grunberg left the best cameo yes. video. It's, it's worth signing up for Instagram just to watch this video and then you can unsign up. Please just check this out. <laughs> he, Greg Grunberg wished Fish a happy birthday, but really it was also a happy birthday from Sean. And I think if you've yes. watched the video, you will know uh, how seamlessly those two things hang together. <laughs> and in the whole middle section of his video, he was talking about how he got, he basically forced JJ Abrams to put him on the show. He's like, I've got to be on the show. And JJ was like, you're not, you're definitely not college age. He's like, put me on as like an entrepreneur guy. And so he goes into this whole thing about how it is real life he was an entrepreneur and did all these different jobs. And he lists some of them. One of which was he actually sold fruit door to door. Yep. That was an actual idea for making money from Greg Grumberg, who was then that that was then translated directly into the show. Uh, it was in the, the final episode where uh, Julie helps Sean sell fruit in the library 
Yep. And it just so happens <laughs> that the very next podcast we go to record, we're watching an episode where he's like, <laughs> we see this little moment of the documentary where, Sh- where Sean behind the camera tells Julie in front of the camera, let's sell fruit together. <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> so much funnier uh wouldn't have been funny before but now it's great um oh my goodness I love it just like a little snapshot into someone's life who is a real person and we need to respect that but also just amazing because he personally says that a bunch of the stuff about Sean came from his real life mm. because you know he and jj abrams and matt reeves were all friends and they were basically like i guess if we're gonna put him in there let's just make him him and mm-hmm. then we get this fabulous character yeah oh so yeah. first of all huge thank you to greg grunberg for being oh. awesome yes second of all because i don't want to not say this before we move on back to the show we're watching how amazing are the people on Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> so, so amazing. I mean, all of the comments that we got, I mean, I, I mean, not only did like the, the message bring me so much joy and, and I watched it so many times, but then your comments back to us, which I'm sure Melissa has a ton of them written down for for the later segment but you I'm not guys are necessarily funny. reference those for the audience feedback that one that one feels like go to instagram and enjoy it folks um, oh please do i mean so funny but so funny aunt mary 72 <laughs> we love you <laughs> we love you speaking of her um melissa i'm looking for a word and that's your clue. I'm looking for a word from Sean or from Ben in this scene. About Sean. Goatee. Yeah. God. He doesn't I- have a goatee. He has a mustache. <laughs> well, the your word segue really confused me. mustache. He had a mustache. <laughs> oh my goodness. How did you not notice I he had a mustache? Uh, um guys this isn't a running joke (laughs) it is a running joke i didn't see a mustache how how is that possible he turns around and the first thing i see is oh mustache i don't Uh, know i'll get this checked out i don't know how i'll get it fixed but we'll figure it out Okay. Um, All right. So you did not win on the mustache comment. Um, But he does. He's he has held on to that stash and he's wearing it the whole time Um, that he's talking to Ben about the, the independent film channel and wanting to, you know, make stacks of cash. Uh, And Ben, Ben just says, please don't send it. Um, like that's that, the that's thing the that I'm I, in. Yeah, don't yeah, send that. Don't send that. And uh, Sean's like, eh, it's happening. Um, yeah, this thing is happening, whether you like it or not. And then he's wondering what Ben's up to. Ben's like, I'm going on a stupid date. 
Yep. Like, like it's one word. Stupid date. Yeah. Stupid date. This is going to be bad. Sean's like, maybe not the best attitude to have going into your date. He's like, it's going to be stupid. Not no point to it. Yep. Yep. This is a girl. I don't know her. Pam, 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 Pam. You know, boy, oh boy. Um, (laughs) Cut to that. Uh, Yeah. Let's cut to that date. Because I'm just going to say, Pam is delightful. Pam's awesome. Pam is my note Uh, for an optimist. (gasps) Amazing. Pam's amazing. She is amazing. We love Pam. Pam, I love her. If you exist in real life, I want to meet you. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's we be, friends. be friends. Yeah. Jinx, you owe me a Coke. I oh my gosh. Coke. <laughs> what does it all mean? Um look, and the thing is, Ben knows it. Like he Pam's yeah. fine. No, no, not fine. Pam. Not fine. He he says lots of nice words. She's funny. She's gorgeous. She's got all these things. Ben is very aware and respectful of what the situation is. He heads into the state, planning for it not to be good. Pam turns out to be delightful. Uh huh. And he's like, "Oh man, she's delightful." I know. Uh, but it's, I can't, I can't. Yeah. And then he gets honest with her later. It's like, okay. And then she's amazing about it. I know. Pam. Right? Pammy, Pammy, Pam, Pam. <laughs> Sweet baby Pam. I don't know what to tell you. Um, look, look Ben's you'll find guy. someone. He's just not, he's, he's not just not for there. you. Um, and they do, they have good chemistry. I mean, it's like throughout this date, he sits down and he thinks, oh, this is going to be boring. And she starts out with like, I can eat a lot, which he's like, I can eat a lot too. Like he's charming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she goes into this whole story about, oh yeah, I was volunteering for the Red Cross in Bosnia for six months. And he's like, whoa, that's cool. And then she's like, and I'm on scholarship. And he's like, wow, that's she's like, amazing. what, aren't you this fancy New Yorker with all this money? She's like, no, I'm from Bishop, Oregon. My dad runs a paper mill or works in a paper mill. Yeah, he pulls the do paper. That's what you Bishop, Oregon. She has mm-hmm. six, no, five siblings. She's five brothers. Yeah. One of six. Seems yeah. cool. Seems cool. And they have chemistry. Like Ben has definitely got a little flirt going on. He's he like does. appreciating her. I really like the way Scott Speedman did it because there's a reluctance to their chemistry. Like he's like, oh man, this yeah. is working out. <laughs> and like, and he's being shy and bashful because he doesn't really want it to work out. And it is in spite of himself. Mm-hmm. And he's like, she's actually really nice. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> you can see it hitting him. He's like, I was sure this was going to fail. Hmm. And here it is not failing. <laughs> what do I do about this? And he's not trying to be a jerk. Like he could have been actively trying to sabotage it. He's, he's in the conversations with her. He's finding her engaging. And it's just like, he's going to have to come to grips with what to do about that, which he will quickly. Yeah. And he's but not going to string her along. No, but he is. I feel like he's trying. 
I think you know, it's like, he's... well, maybe this could be. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But hey, we'll um, get we a... We do. You're amazing. Um, but we're going to get a quick little interlude here where, uh, I mean, in my opinion, what is going on is Greg and Felicity's dad have both just, like, whipped their dicks out and are trying to figure <laughs> out which is bigger. <laughs> Um, I don't even like know to who describe I side actual- with here. Like it's, it's, it's this really weird dynamic where it's, we see that Edward Porter has taken command at the health center. He's like ordering an EKG. He's for somebody that he just saw. He's, he's acting like he's in a fully resourced hospital He's doing the things that he would do in a fully resourced hospital. And that's getting Greg nervous because he's like, on the one hand, I appreciate that I have a doctor here who can help. On the other hand, you are overspending our budget. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, like Greg literally can't afford for a doctor to come in and just like order tests that don't need to be done. Um, And so he pushes back in kind of a passive aggressive way at first it's like are you yeah. sure i mean felicity's dad does think they need to be done but he probably thinks they need to be done on everyone that he sees given well, he's a thing. cardiac like surgeon. they just started working together so greg has no real they don't have a shorthand where like greg's never had the don't order too many tests conversation with this doctor if anything, you know, Felicity had set up that her dad had volunteered at what was it, the Stanford Health Clinic yeah. in the past. So maybe he assumes that like her dad kind of knows that there's limited resources. So on the one hand, it's like, we haven't had that chat. So I actually don't know whether this is necessary or nice to have. Um, and they're having to have it real time around an actual patient's situation. And that makes it real awkward, but yeah, Felicity's trying to like, you know, explain to each one of them the other one's side and like smooth things over as she does. And they just refuse to like zip their flies back up. And in the end, turns out Dr. Porter's got a bigger one. It goes a little sideways when Greg's like, listen, man, I've been working here for a year and I know we don't have the budget. And Edward's like, oh, a year, have you? (laughs) (laughs) Like, take my 20 as a doctor and a surgeon. You know, he's like, oh, God. Okay, fine. Um, They're both, it's, they're both right. They're looking at it through a different lens. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the normal, like, administrative side of a hospital versus the doctor patient care side of a hospital the i think what saves it because normally you side with the doctor right like better Mm -hmm. care for people but what what kind of saves greg in this moment is this is a free clinic like they literally don't have the money like they'd have to shut the doors if you were ordering all of this expensive stuff all the time so it's like yeah from this perspective you're both making good points it's a conversation they would need to have at some point (laughs) like 
how many how many tests can Edward Porter order before it becomes really problematic? Um, so like he's he's raising this from the beginning, which I guess Greg does need to do. Uh, good thing Felicity was there because it was going to come become unproductive very quickly. Yep. But maybe now it's on Edward Porter's radar that oh be you know be really thoughtful about the tests that you order. <laughs> Uh, and maybe uh, it's now on funny. Greg's radar that Edward Porter has 20 years of this career behind him and yeah. get out, get out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think Felicity's dad is <clears throat> anywhere in, uh, in the realm of focusing on this much less like, Oh, maybe Greg has a point. Like that did not seem to be what he took away from this. No, it did not. It did not. But that, you know, best efforts. Mm. Well, to the ranch. So we're going to go to Pam and Ben at the loft. Again, Ben is still trying. He's trying trying. this out. They're making out. He's trying to make out. I mean, he's, I think he's succeeding. He's succeeding for a moment. Right. And then he's just like, you can see the wheels turning and he's like, what am I doing? (laughs) and he just stops and he looks down and you can see that he's trying to he's trying to be really thoughtful about how he delivers this to pam and hmm, poor ben poor pam Pam. um because she's awesome he's just he's like i you know i don't know how to say this i want to say this right like my head is just it's somewhere else she says, and Pam, not being the idiot, says, with someone else. Mm-hmm. And Pam gets it. Yeah, you know why she gets she it? She's amazing. She's amazing. We love you, Pam. Hearts yeah. to Pam. Pam, you she have our heart, if not Ben's. We should give Pam an award. Pam gets the, like, I don't know who else Ben dates, but up to this point, like, Best, best person besides Felicity. I mean, some might argue she's more stable. <laughs> like, <laughs> like viewed from another lens, Pam is freaking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, mean, I really enjoy Felicity. was about Pam. Yeah. yeah. Pam seems to be like the, I have no baggage to present to you here on this first date sort of person. Um I'm sure Pam has baggage somewhere along the way. Look, she's led an Pam, life. Yeah, Pam was in Bosnia for six months. Trust me, she's got baggage. And she was working with the Red Cross. And mm-hmm. in the 90s, if we all remember, that area was um, war-torn. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's got baggage. But, like, for now, you know, she's going to be cool about it. I'm telling you. Um, guys, uh, hey, if you're single and you're into Pam... <laughs> <laughs> She was she available on February twenty seventh, two thousand. She was fictional, <laughs> but she was there. Look, if you oh, ever I'm find so a girl like Pam, hold on to her. Don't don't get distracted. Yeah. Uh, but even if you can't hold on to her, if you're not in a situation, it's cool because like. If things don't work out with whoever this other person is, you've got her number. Yeah. You can just give her a call. Give her a call. 
Pam. Oh. Yeah. Pam. Exit Pam. Um, yes. So let's go back to the health center. It's the day of the review. There are people in like weird tweed jackets walking around, looking at computers. They have clipboards. And Greg's a little stressed because Felicity's dad is 30 minutes late, which means appointments are backing up on a rather important day. Mm -hmm. And uh, Felicity's like, look, okay, I'll find him. I'm going to call the hospital. Yep. Maybe he had to stay late. Could have been. He's a surgeon. Seems practical. Right? She's going to go ahead and call that hospital, but guess what? He's not there. He doesn't work there anymore. It's been a few weeks since he worked there. Mm-hmm. What is this sham? <laughs> you might be thinking it to yourself. Yeah. And while you're focusing on this just shocking news that Felicity has gotten from the hospital, we are going to get even more shocking news. Mm-hmm. Lloyd cut his hair. Lloyd cut his hair. Felicity handled this very well because you you just when Lloyd comes on screen and this this reviewer is standing right next to him with a clipboard and you just know he's going to say something he shouldn't <laughs> say, you know, like he's like a ticking time. It's like, when is this going to go off? He's just he's a wild card. Anything could happen here and it's probably not going to be good. And so he's like, I got a haircut. And Felicity's like, oh, that looks good. Hey, lots of big shots here. Let's keep her voices down, but nice haircut. Yeah. She's yeah. very supportive. Very supportive of the haircut. As she I, probably wished more people were with her. Yeah. Seriously. I mean, thumbs up to Lloyd's haircut. Look, I really enjoyed the actor who plays Lloyd made this choice at the end of that scene because she's like, obviously trying to get him to like walk away from the desk and not continue this conversation. Um, But Lloyd, as he goes to turn to leave the desk, gives this really like suspicious look to the reviewer. (laughs) It's, it's a little bit of a dirty, but definitely suspicious look. Yeah. I enjoyed that choice. Made me happy. And as we noticed, he got uh, top billing for random other actors who were in the show this episode. So, as he I mean, should. As he Except, should. you know what? He shouldn't because Pam. What about Pam? I know I was thinking that too. Maybe she got mentioned somewhere else. Well, he's been in more than one episode so far. So, I don't know if that has anything to do with it. But, um, like, mm. we've seen him at least one other time. So, eh, I don't know. Pam, though. Okay. Anyway. Dean and DeLuca. Yep. We have another bonding scene between Javier and Ben. And, you know, Javier's grilling Ben around the Pam situation. Mm-hmm. Date didn't work out. It didn't. It was not good. It ended early. Mm-hmm. And Javier wants to know why. And here's where Ben is like, look, she's beautiful, brilliant, and funny. Pam's amazing. <clears throat> Just didn't work yeah. out. Didn't work out. And um, Javier is reading 
between the lines somewhat successfully, but not all the way successfully. And he sees he's, he's been noticing these slow motion coffee moments with Ben. Hard to miss. Yeah. And so he's like, Benjamin, yeah, we have to talk man to man. We have to talk heart to heart. That's what we have to do. Let's have a chat. And of course, um, they can't do it right there. They have to go to a bar that over pours the beer all over the side of the cup that Javier really does not want to pick up and or drink. He doesn't want to get beer all over his hands. It was the perfect way to open this scene. They show us the beer glass spilling over and then they show us Javier's hand very reluctantly, like with just the fingertips gripping the cough, the, the, the beer glass and, uh, and, and like trying to like get the foam. Like he, he's like, Definitely not built for beer drinking. Um, It was takes a sip, and his face was priceless. It was like, what is this? Yeah, it was a really good choice to zoom in on the hand reluctantly gripping the glass before they showed us who it was. You know who it is right away. You know who it is. Yeah, yeah, it it was beautiful. Um, But Javier. He really does want to have a heart to heart with Ben and Ben's game for it. Ben's sitting here at this bar, ready to have a beer with Javier. Yeah. He doesn't have a problem with his beer. Yeah. And Javier's like, you're crumbling, man. I can see it. Yeah. He's like, I just, I see you every day or, or a lot of days. And I just think that poor guy, that poor guy, he's crumbling. And I just, I want to share this life experience that I have. Mm -hmm. Like when I was younger, I dated a a girl. Her name was Lola. She was a showgirl. (gasps) Ha ha ha. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, But her name was Lola. And um, she was a woman. She was a woman. Like he knew. He knew he was attracted to men. He knew before he got glasses Mm -hmm. that he was attracted to men. But, you know, long story short, clearly Lola left him. Yes. And even though she wanted him, like in the middle of church. Anytime, any place, Javier. (laughs) She was game to just climb that mountain anywhere, including the Lord's house. Yeah. Uh, but, but anyway, the point of all this, yeah. <laughs> but but the point, yeah, the point is she left him. She left mm-hmm. him asunder, and she was a woman, and therefore Javier knows how Ben feels because he he too has been left asunder by a woman. And so he's he's doing okay so far. Like he's he's hovering in the arena. <laughs> that he needs to be in. He has mm-hmm. accurately pinpointed that Ben has been torn asunder by a woman. The problem is that he's picked the wrong woman. Yeah. He's like, Ben, it's never going to work. It's never going to work. Ben's like, it, how, how is it not going to work? It's not going to work? And why? Why won't it work? And Javier's like, because she's married, Ben. And Ben's like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, we're having two different conversations. So this was an interesting writing choice because in this, Ben, 
Ben has been willing to sit down with Javier and have a conversation about feelings. And he thought Javier understood that his feelings were already, he thought Javier already knew that his feelings were about Felicity. Mm -hmm. But because Javier hasn't figured it out yet, it made Ben kind of clam up here a bit. So Ben is just like, you think this is about Maggie? This isn't about Maggie. And Javier's like, well, then who could it possibly be about? <laughs> Ben's like, it's just, it's nobody. It's nobody. But you're right. I have to get over it. And I just, you know, here's another scene where I have to say, really like the music choice. Mm. No idea who it is or what the song was. <sighs> Love the music choice. I apologize to you, Fish, because when this happens in season two, there's nothing more upsetting. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, Javier had something very upsetting that happened because Ben leaves and <laughs> Javier's a little, a little snackish. He'd, um, <laughs> he'd like, like some mixed, uh, you know, mixed things like wasabi peas or, or he Japanese first asked for sourdough fruit. sticks. Sourdough sticks would have been great. They He's don't like, have them. They don't have those. They're, first of all, there are two guys behind the bar right now. And this they have no lines for the rest of this scene. No. They have never had lines anywhere in this scene. And no. they're just like, they're... To laugh. Trying not to laugh. Especially the guy on the left. Yeah. And um, how, Fish, was this, was any of this improvised? I have no idea. I mean, it was all in the script. Oh, it was all in the script. So, oh, my God. Um, this yeah. is... Just, like it's so brilliant he's like do you have sourdough sticks well do you have like i don't know do you have anything for me to snack upon like wasabi peas or yeah. i don't know like lychee nuts anything like <laughs> like he goes down the list of things and his last ploy is do you have a lychee nut like a, <laughs> a, just one anything to snack upon and something for and me to snack upon <laughs> it's like wow this is amazing um yeah oh. the answer's no no they don't they have more beer they can spill all over your hand though i think what we know for sure coming out of this is that javier doesn't belong in a pub environment i don't even i wouldn't even call that a pub i feel like it's a full-on bar yeah, I mean, it's definitely a bar. I feel like it might even have been a little fancy behind them. I mean, did you see the, like, shirts those guys were wearing and the fancy, like, no. they had, oh, my God, of course not. Uh, did you at least see the, like, beer levers where, you know, it's the brand of the beer is the lever and so they look fancy? Yeah. Yeah. So Does that make it a fancy place, though? Uh, I mean, the beer's... I don't know, maybe it was because they couldn't have brands, um, but they looked like fancy beers. Like it wasn't like, you know, Budweiser and Miller Lite. It was like yeah, fancy, tall, like yeah. looking, okay. looking high class. All right, fair enough. Well, anyway, if you all are ever thinking about going out with Javier, don't take him beer drinking for sure no. um, and always bring lychee nuts always bring at least one lychee nut. at least one right so we're gonna go back to the health center and felicity's dad has now shown up but he is pretty late as we know he was at least half an hour late before 
Well, and now he's shown up. We don't even know. So Felicity, as he's getting ready, Felicity is going to go to confront him in a, in a worried way. He's, he's, you know, she's not trying to start a fight, but she is trying to like, she just learned that he's not actually at the hospital that he's been saying that he's been working at for all these weeks. Um, yeah. Concerning. Kind of feel like maybe you let him get through the day first and yep. then talk to him. If I were Greg, I would be like, please don't have this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> like any um, other day, yeah. any other, like. Or tonight. Tonight. Tonight is fine. Let the work day close and then yeah. go ahead and have this conversation. <laughs> yeah. I, oh. yeah. But Greg's not there. He's not there in the room. No, he is not. And this, they're going to go straight in. She's like, I called the hospital. And he's still trying to pretend. Yeah. Because he said when he walked in the door, ah, I left the hospital late. And she's like, no, you didn't. And he's like, yes, I did. And she's like, no, you didn't. I called them. And oh, he's like, didn't oh, tell me. yeah, the, the woman must be on crack. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, he tries, he tries pretty hard. And then when she, when he knows that she, she has caught him in that, it's like, all right, fine. And then she's like, and I saw your anti-anxiety meds and, and sleeping meds gets defensive now. And he, which is what I would expect here. Um, and he's like, look, I've accepted your decisions. Now you have to accept mine. And, you know, it made no sense. Made no sense. It did make sense to me because in the context of like, in his world, here's Felicity who, you know, when he and his wife rock into New York for Thanksgiving earlier this year, she's cut her hair. She's dropped pre-med. She's dating a grad student. She's like got all this big stuff going on in her life that she hadn't told them about any of this stuff. And he's equating it to that and saying, if you felt like you could have those secrets, like it's okay for me to have mine. Now that's not what he says. He, he says, I accepted your decisions now accept mine. Mm-hmm. And it's like, she at no point was actually like not accepting his decision. She's just asking. She's like, okay, you left the hospital. Like she's not throwing a hissy fit about it. She's just, where were you? Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, I saw your meds. You know, they are, she said they're sleeping pills. And he's like, yeah, mm-hmm. okay. I slept through my alarm. And it's like, okay, so we've had that discussion. It's again, she didn't throw a fit and tell you not to take medication. Like, I think that when he was hearing this from his daughter, he was layering it with a judgment, whether or not the judgment was there. I think from her standpoint, what was there was worry and concern. <clears throat> um, she feels like she at one point in this episode says like, you know, like, you don't have to keep these secrets. Like she, her, her vibe is like, you don't, I don't want you to keep these secrets from me. It's like, well, he can keep a secret if he wants. Um, yeah. She's kept secrets from him. And I understand the parody there. This is a health thing. Uh, but I think, which adds a different layer of severity to it. But I, I oh. understand this idea, like she's kept secrets from him. So he can easily push back on her by citing that. But 
then say secrets. Like it's not yeah. about her decision making. And first of all, you were a total dick when she made those decisions. He was. And you threw all kinds of shade and like backhanded stuff. Like mm-hmm. you have no leg to stand on. Yeah. Now, Do you remember Edward Porter or a certain conversation where Felicity walked out of Epstein Bar, leaving you and Barbara at a table by yourselves? Surely you do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. you might not since diazepam does lead to Alzheimer's, but, oh. um, you know, seeing I, the, on the one hand, reading his meds does seem like a violation to me. On the other hand, they were just out on the counter and he made no move to like hide them. So I don't know, mm-hmm. uh, but these are clearly things should not be taken together and he's a doctor which means he has doctor friends that are probably prescribing them for him Mm -hmm. um so yeah i can see some real reasons to be worried here yeah well i don't think she's crazy yeah I, i think it's i think it's fair that she's asking him about it and i think what would we expect other than him being defensive about it here um if anything, I appreciate that he at least stayed at the health center and finished out a shift or started his shift. I so needed to at that point. I pretty mean, much had to, yeah. What um, else was he going to do? Go back home and go to bed? Yeah. But um, I suggest that we actually, even though the next scene has Elena in it and we've been saving Elena scenes, it also is more about Noel. So, um, so um, I... We can just skip the Tracy Elena part. We can skip. Yeah. Let's go to the Elena. Go to the Noel. Yes, I agree. So Elena and Noel are in their apartment. Elena's sweeping wallpaper. Uh, (laughs) Her (laughs) apartment is a mess. Yeah, I have written down so much wallpaper. Yeah. So she's doing that. Noel's sitting on the couch, not helping, and having a conversation about, well, about him. And he's missing (laughs) Ruby. Yeah. Oh, this is just another not great moment for Noel. Yeah, he's he doesn't know what to do with the fact that he's missing Ruby. Yeah, yeah, and and Elena doesn't want to hear it. She's like, "Look, you walked out on Felicity, and you went to go, you know, see Hannah. Like, you are not always the victim." But mm-hmm. she also wants to be supportive, so she's going to listen, and she's still going to, like, crop him up a bit. And, I mean, I will just say, because Melissa won't, she has these fantastic button-up jeans on with, like, four buttons, and they're high-waisted. They are fantastic, and she also has amazing earrings on. Okay. And That's Noel, great. for his part, he's thinned out the sideburns. So it's like I'm I'm feeling much better about the amount of sideburn on the side of his face. His great. personality is not improving, but he is upping his sideburn game. Okay. I'm happy to thank you for your contribution there, Fish. Because I couldn't <laughs> have I yeah, you know, I couldn't have jumped in with any of that. Um yeah. but his yeah. You know, they are walking this weird line because he's like trying to decide, you know, on the one hand, 
I, you know, I wish I could be a guy who could just overlook the fact that she cheated on me and she's having a baby with another human. <laughs> like that's a problem. But then, you know, if that's such a problem, why is he missing her? And why is he thinking about how she's feeling? And like, you know, he's just, he can't stop worrying about Ruby. I just can't with Noel. Okay. I just can't like first he wants to be the guy who can like be supportive and like have a child with her and you know but he can't be that guy and now he wants to be the guy who like doesn't give a shit about like a woman he cares about and let's remember that while she was cheating so was he and yeah. it seems to be but he, he really hits it here. You know, I'm sitting here looking like an idiot. So it's like, not only does he want to be like even worse of a person than he is, the reason that he wants to be that bad person is so that he doesn't look like an idiot. So it's like all about him and self-image. Like, you've got this woman out here. She's having a baby. You care about her. You were cheating on her, too. How about you just, like, accept that you are a dick, but, like, not as much <laughs> as of a dick that you want to be? Like, you don't need to actually aspire to be more of a dick, Noel. Wow. That is, yeah, I'm telling you, I can't. I just can't with this guy. And, like, Elena comes in and tries to make him feel better. And I actually don't respect that move at all. Interesting. Fish yeah, is taking a very hard a stance here. Um, I would know I was not a fan of this scene. I'm really curious where you sit right now in terms of the Ben versus Noel debate in terms of like, look, your arguments against Ben were pretty strong as we got to the end of season one. Yeah. Um, do you, where, where, what are your, where do you think now? I don't know. I need to see more Ben because I mean, my arguments against Ben were he's punching people. He's gambling. He's, you know, being an addict. He's, he's not stable. Like this is dangerous. Right. Mm -hmm. And I always said that Noel, who I thought was this great guy is actually a total dick and he's becoming even worse, but like, I'm also not fully comfortable with Ben yet. Yeah. Like I am not there to the point where I feel like he's not gonna turn around and maybe punch someone or like deal with things badly. Okay. Uh, so you're kind so, of a team not prepared to commit to either one of those. You know, you know what I am? Yeah, I'm, I'm team Sean. Team, team Sean. Sean um thanks you owe me a coke that's three cokes in one episode i don't even know what to do about this i've never heard this rule um How okay you, you've never heard of jinx i've heard of jinx but i didn't know owing somebody a coke was part of it well the other way to play jinx is that you can't talk until i say your name and that's going to be terrible for that a would podcast be hard for a podcast i would be not a very good podcast <laughs> at all um <laughs> okay dope. so i'm going with the coke route <laughs> Well, look, I can very much appreciate where you're coming down here with Noel. I think there's a balance for me here because I think that um, 
I think that part of how you're interpreting this scene is colored by like how you've seen all these previous scenes with him. Although you were still coming down pretty harsh on like some of the stuff Noel was saying, even really early in season one, I think, you know, um, I can understand going back and forth between options and trying to figure out which way to go. And I can understand looking at it from the framework of like, what would a good person do here? You know, <laughs> like what was, what's the, if, if there is in fact a binary good versus bad choice here, what is that? And I don't think that's actually what this situation is. I don't think it's binary in that way, but I think that when you're hammering out choices and like what you should do in a situation, in a complex situation that has a lot of stakes, I do think it's fair that he's, um, that he's looking at it so deeply in this way. But I can also see your point that like Ruby doesn't really seem to be a factor in how he's looking at this. But let's say Noel's thinking about what, what a good person would do. Mm -hmm. What is he saying? What is this good person? Because the person he wants to be doesn't give a shit about Ruby. Well, I think that if I look at this as a woman, thinking about if this were a woman saying this, I think about like the idea of, um, in fact, I, I think about women that I know whose partners have cheated on them. And they were also cheating on their partner at the same time. Well, he leaves that part out for sure. But I think if you, if you don't include that piece of it here, you can't not include that piece of right, it. Right. Fair enough. But if you were to not include it, I think everything else that he's saying kind of holds up because it's like, I don't want to be the person who goes back to somebody who cheated on me. I've heard women say that a lot of times and I, I get it. Now in this situation, it's hypocritical because he was having this emotional affair with Felicity as well. And kissing her. And he kissed her. And so it's like, I get that there's that complexity. Um, and he's simplifying it by just saying, look, she cheated on me and this baby that she is having is not mine. It's this other person's. And so it's like, uh, you could say, I don't want to get back together with that. I also don't even know, like, it's so binary the way he's looking at this. Cause there doesn't seem to be any room in his mind at this point for saying, what does being with her look like? Does it have... There are many shades of what that could be. And so the the way that he's like all or nothing about Ruby feels, I'm glad that when we get later in the episode, he finds a gray area because here it's like, so what are you weighing? What are the options that you're weighing out? Which he doesn't really elaborate on, but it's like, is he looking at this? Like I have to be what in a full relationship with her and support her like as a partner versus ditch her and and like not ever be around her again is that what's in his mind is he looking is what do you think he's actually weighing out here i mean what he's saying is i want to be a person who doesn't care and i want to be able to just walk away because Mm -hmm. i look like an idiot right now 
even caring about her. So he hasn't even gotten to the part of forgiving her, which is what comes next. He's like, Uh, yeah, Elena's move here. Cause he's looking at Elena and he's like, you think I should forgive her? And Elena's like, well, that's what sets you apart. And he's, he says that he's like, I know what you're thinking, Elena, this is what you're thinking. And it is what she's thinking. So in a way it's like, maybe he wanted that advice. Um, Yeah. But I think also this idea of forgiveness then allows him to see the gray area because once he can get past the idea of, I don't have to just like, I don't have, like, I'm not an idiot because Elena does say forgiveness makes you strong, not weak. And she is being supportive. I think she's going a little far with a guy who's being a dick, but fine. Mm -hmm. Once he gets to this point, then he can say, all right, so if I'm not being an idiot and I can forgive her, then he can think about, so what does it look like to care about her? Okay, does so you think he hasn't full... even really explored that yet? Because I was I was just sitting here thinking, I wonder if it was, um, if we got a little shortchanged by not seeing some of those Ben and Noel conversations. I wonder if they did talk about what was the alternative in Noel's mind to walking away? Like walk away or there. what? Okay. So, so maybe that was left co- totally unexplored. Yeah. Cause the only thing that we have seen between the two of them is Ben kind of sticking up for Ruby and saying like, was it totally her fault? Like you guys weren't together so long. And like, that's all we saw. Okay. So like, and this, in this conversation it doesn't seem like noel has forgiven her and he's like i've got this emotional feeling where i miss her and yet i feel like an idiot because i just want to walk away like he hasn't gotten to the point of like i can forgive her and have any kind of relationship without feeling like and like an idiot okay that helps me because i was getting a little stuck on the like what is he what is he deciding between so in your mind what he's deciding between here is forgive her or not forgive her. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Um, that's how I read it. Okay. Or watched it. Okay. I wasn't sure if there was like a level of what obligation do I have that layers onto that. And it's, I think I'm more comfortable to think that that's not, he didn't get that far because it makes more sense to me. Um, and we have to remember again, it, it hasn't been that long. Yeah. Like less, still less than a week. And, uh, but then again, who knows? Because I am often distracted by things like fantastic genes and great earrings. Sure. So. Mustaches. Um, and sideburns. So, uh, we are going to drop in on a conversation, the end of a conversation Ruby is having with, was it her mom? Yes. You, we can tell that she hasn't said anything about her pregnancy to her mom yet, at least from the conversation she's having. And Noel over here, like he walks in as this conversation is ending and he realizes like, oh, you haven't even told your parents about this yet. She's like, no, she hasn't told either of them. I mean, again, she's known for less than a week. Yeah. So give her some time. Yeah. Um, but nope, she has not. She has not told them. And here is where Noel, you know, has finally thought through, all right, I can forgive her, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I have to be together with her. 
Yeah. He's, he, he approaches Ruby and says, I, you know what? I don't want you to switch sections like for, cause she earlier in this episode had applied to switch out of his, uh, out of his, not his class, but he didn't want him to be the TA anymore. And, um, he's, he said he'd do it. And now he's saying he won't. And he ups it a little bit and he says, look, I do want to be there for you as a friend. Yeah. He says, you know, look, I, I thought about it for a week. And so we know that it's now been a week. Um, and I understand, you know, it, it took me a while, but I understand why you need to go through this, like why this is your choice. And I hope you can understand why I can't go with you on this journey because I just can't get over the fact that it's not my kid. However, like I can still be there for you. I can still support you as a friend and I can still care about you. Um, and I think Ruby does well here in just saying, like, you know, I, I think I might need a friend because yeah. she is going to need support. Yeah, she is. And so I think she, she's willing for that to be the place where this lands. I mean, and it gets him out of this weird limbo of not knowing what's happening to be able yeah. to say at least this much. Yeah, because if I would, I mean, God forbid, but if I were Ruby in this situation, I don't know that I could be friends with Noel. Mm -hmm. Like I thought I was having a baby with this man. And now we're going to be friends. See, but that's where it kind of comes apart for me because how did she know, like how did she have her heart set on this being Noel's baby when she knew full well that she had said sex with somebody else? So it's like, if, if she was that locked in on Noel being the father of this child, that's pretty short-sighted of her own. Like, we didn't see that she had this one-night stand, but she lived that. It's as if she's forgetting it, too. And I, but- I don't think that makes sense to me as a viewer. It's like... Yeah, you could have had your heart set on this being Noel's kid, but you didn't know that this was Noel's kid. Yeah, I think we have to accept Ruby for who she is. And when she says things like, it didn't even occur to me that it could be this other guy's. Like, I don't think that's a lie. Mm -hmm. I think she just, it did not even occur to her. Okay. Um she's she's not introspective and like deeply analytical it doesn't seem um so i don't know i just i don't know i believe her um and she's she's had so much kind of blind faith in him you know, since she told him and he's like, it's going to be okay. And she rests her head on him and says, I know. And he was this whole support system. And, you know, 
she looks so sad and depressed that I do feel like this is heartbreaking for her. And at least for me, I just couldn't handle that. So she's, she's just clearly a very different person from me. Yeah. In almost every aspect. It's fair. But it's good. It's good that she can be friends and she gets that support. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's, if she's going to put her kid first, you know, like part of that is having a support system for herself. And so maybe she's just looking at this through a new framework of what it means for her to be an adult with this situation. Well, if she was thinking that she'd tell her parents. Yep. Uh, yeah. She's getting pretty close to needing to have to um, at some point, somebody's insurance is going to start coming up with some very strange charges um but so we are now going to move to an absolutely beautiful shot of yes. felicity thinking looking out at a skating rink but yep. the, it's definitely winter yeah and it's another one of those like little shots like uh like the one with ben and his coffee mm-hmm. you know we just get a little shot of her thinking before she goes on to do anything else. And there's just another song I love here. I don't know what it is, but I love this song. Okay. (laughs) And so it continues the season two DVD music. Um, I have my own ones that I'm like, Oh, what is that? Uh, Yeah. Folks. (laughs) Hey, if you know what any of the songs in this episode are, you go ahead and let us know. Yeah. Um, Felicity has now given it some thought and she's going to drop by her dad's place for a serious conversation. Yeah. And he's going to start with a little small talk. Is, is the health center okay? And then he does actually apologize for what he said mm. because it doesn't make, didn't make any sense. Um, and he says that he didn't want her to worry about him. Yeah. I mean, she, Felicity says, I got this horrible feeling in my stomach and, you know, I was, I was worried and, and her dad's like, well, you know, that's, (laughs) that's why I didn't tell you this stuff. Right. Because I don't want you to worry about me and I'm fine. Mm -hmm. You know? I'm fine. And then she's like, but see, that's the problem. Because when you say that, it makes me worry about you. Yeah. It's like, which to an extent, there are certain things that he's dealing with here that he can decide or not decide to talk to his daughter about it. Like, and if she's feeling worried to, to some extent, she needs to get over that if he's not comfortable to confide in her. So it's like they, she's going to need to find that balance with him. They do have a heart to heart here and they do have a conversation here, but in reality, like he doesn't have to confide in her. And if, if it's causing her worry, maybe she goes to Dr. Pavone with that worry. Yeah, I do think it's a two way street. I mean, she says, you know, I just want you to be honest with me. Well, that's what he wanted from her too, mm-hmm. right? So either, you know, 
you guys start being honest and communicating as adults or you keep stuff to yourself and the other person just has to deal. And so here they're kind of choosing and he's leading the, the charge with some honesty. Yeah. And, and to be fair, like going back to what I was just saying, like, I think this is an important conversation for them to have where she can say, I don't want you to protect me from how you're feeling. Like for her to say, I'm an adult and like, I can handle it and I want to support you. And then it's his call. If in the future, he'll do more of that. And she's going to have to figure out how she manages his choice for herself um, but I, I, it's certainly important that they had this conversation because it's sort of her transitioning to like, it's almost like a transition point for him to start looking at his kid as a woman, you know, like to start looking at his child as an adult that um, what's his good relationship with her going to look like now. And this is, this is them trying to figure out if there's a new level they need to find. Yeah. And what that kind of looks like, because, you know, as we talked about with her patterns, Felicity tries to help. um, And I don't know, I feel like she's doing a little bit better here. She's lending an ear. Mm -hmm. She's saying, you know, I want you to be honest with me. And I'd like to hear about what's going on. Mm -hmm. Also, she has led to the cleaning up of his apartment, which I applaud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good stuff. But you're right. I mean, I think to call back to the previous boundary she was trying to set, she's going to have to figure out where that needs to be now. And, you know, in these new circumstances that aren't really that new in terms of the pattern, but they're new in terms of the severity. Um, and, you know, dad's looking pretty miserable here. He's like, I thought this would all be temporary. You know, I was pretty sure that if this stuff stayed in these boxes, I'd be packing up and moving back to Palo Alto at some point. Um, he's he's having to figure out how to let it go. Yeah. And he know, says he, he, he misses thought her, mother, her mom. Yeah. And he thought that her her mom was going to call him mm. and and ask him to come back. Yeah. And she has not. <laughs> yeah, she's been staying firm in what mm-hmm. she decided she needed. He misses her. And Felicity says, you know, have you told her that? And he says, yeah. Yeah, that is a little bit of a heartbreaking moment there. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, I mean, I would have had the same question as Felicity. Well, okay, you're saying all these nice things that you miss her. Like, have you actually said this to her? And for him to say, like, yeah, like, I I shot my shot and yeah. I'm still here. Yeah. And that's, you know, which means that the place that he's in now is ex- trying, having to accept, you know, he, he tried the conversation where he won her back and he didn't win her back. So mm-hmm. um, I guess this is it. And even with that, he was lingering in this, you know, apartment full of boxes that, you know, were unpacked and which or were, not, now, were still packed. Which now makes a lot more sense because his whole excuse of the university apartments weren't open. Well, yeah, you don't get a university apartment if you're not working at the university. 
So he's now stuck in this crappy apartment uh, with no job in a mm-hmm. new city. So, hey. Yeah. And Felicity, you know, as he says to her, this this heartbreaking thing, oh, yeah, I did tell her I missed her. Um, Felicity just says, Dad, I'm so sorry. And it's the kind of thing Felicity would have said to a friend. I feel just listening to that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's it's just something she'd say in general you know mm-hmm. she is sorry that this situation has occurred and that he is feeling pain and never mind all the you know terrible ways that he was to her and her mother you know mm-hmm. she's she's very empathetic yeah well let's head to one more sean and ben conversation so we're back at the loft Ben's just come back. Sean's like, oh, Felicity called. Can you, can you take over her shift? And to which Ben is like, Greg's a dick. (laughs) Yep. One more time. (laughs) "Ah, There can only be one reason. (laughs) I I wrote down here. Ben can't stop calling Greg a dick. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. That's it. It's just, which is why the 63% of me thinks you're a dick is so funny because usually it's just Greg's a dick. You know, yeah, like, it's like it's, I like that he added that little spice to it. Um, yeah. yeah. Ben also and... is going to go a little further with this. And he's like, Felicity is being an idiot. Ouch. Yeah. And I, I really like Sean in this moment. Um, so, you know, Ben says Felicity's being an idiot. And Sean's like, you know, whoa. And Ben says, look, it's my opinion. She's being an idiot. And Sean says, why do you have an opinion? (laughs) And it's like, he's like there being like, I see you, Ben. I see you. And Ben turns around. You know, (laughs) like, I know. Did he become insightful, subtle, insightful, sensitive? Like, I don't know when it happened, but it's been happening for a little while. Um, And I'm enjoying it. It's really fun. Um, He was doing it with Julie in a recent episode. It's just like we're getting a softer side of, of Sean, and the people in his life are getting exactly the feedback they need right now um and maybe they were before too when he was being rough around the edges i don't know but the quality of what sean's delivering is quite different um well his advice early on wasn't the best his advice has gotten significantly better mm. um because and i I do like this back and forth here where like yeah ben where sean's like i see you ben and then ben turns around and it's like, I see you, Sean. Let's have a conversation about Julie. And then Sean's like, I see you, Ben. This isn't about Julie. Yeah. <laughs> it was so great with the two of them going it back and so forth. It was so great. And the thing is, the way they delivered this could have taken a real hard turn. Because when Ben says, so why haven't you told Julie you love her? What I heard from him was not an accusation. It wasn't like, a, I'm not listening to you because of this. It was a question. It was like a, 
So why, why haven't you? Um, yeah, it I, was like, please explain to me, like, why I also have not told Felicity. Like, are we on the yeah. same page with why we haven't it done this? It was more like that to me. It was not a challenge to him, but easily could have been delivered as one, unfortunately, because the way that it was worded has that setup that it could have. And and I got the same thing that you did of like, is there something for me to learn about my situation by knowing why you haven't told Julie you loved her? Um, and that's where I thought this was coming from. And yeah, I agree. Um, and then Sean, poor Sean, he gives this whole monologue about how much he loves Julie and like he doesn't want to get shut down and he knows he's in the friend zone. Yeah, it's like if as soon as I ask her, I know I'm going to get friend zone real hard. So I, uh, I just I'd rather have the hope. <laughs> that's his answer. But then that's his answer. But then it's like, but, you know, this isn't actually about me and Julie, is it? <laughs> and Ben's like, nope, not at all. Yeah. It's about me and Felicity and Greg, who's a dick. Well, I uh, mean, in this part, he's more like, you know what? I think I'm ready for Felicity. Well, he says that, he says that a little bit later, but he, he starts out with, you know, Felicity admires Greg, like mm. he's pre-med, he runs the health center and she looks up to him and she's into that. And I don't have any of that. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I find it a little strange that he then says, and remember like a while ago when you said I wasn't ready for Felicity, like I still feel like you were wrong then and also i'm ready to be with her now and i'm like uh, for me i was thinking about don't it more go together at all. yeah i think the part that you're layering in of him still coming down on sean for for having given bad advice before i wasn't hearing that in this conversation i think what i'm hearing is him saying here's what i think felicity likes about greg I don't have those things, but I think I'm ready for Felicity. And I think this was him saying, I am ready now. I, to me, this was not about him looking at his past conversation with Sean and saying you were wrong then. This is more about him saying, I'm ready now. But I do think he realizes that he has, and it, it might be unfortunate that they left this out of the speech. Um, I think that he does in fact realize that he needs more of this quality that Greg seems to have to be compelling to Felicity. And we are going to see, uh, we're going to see him working on that um, in, in upcoming episodes. Like he is, he is going and because Pavone is still in his life, even though we haven't seen her in a couple episodes, like this is something Pavone is trying to help him with too, because Pavone uh, you know, some episodes ago, it was like, who are you? What do you want? What are you doing? What do you care about? Like, she's like, Ben, figure it out. And he's really realizing that he needs to. So this is a journey that he's already started on. And we haven't seen that piece as much yet, but we're going to see more of it um, in upcoming episodes. Well, it be, yeah, it would be really great to see some of it. 
uh, you know, something beyond him playing basketball by himself and once with Noel to show that he is ready to be with Felicity because he has been saying that he is ready to be with Felicity since like Sean talked him out of it. I still say correctly. Um, and I think no maybe point that's has a, he demonstrated that. I think that might be a problem with the wording of this speech because um, I think what might make it easier for you to swallow this speech is if he said, I'm ready to be the guy Felicity needs. Um, because he is about to start that process. But well, with this speech by being itself. About, being about to start that process is not being ready. It's about you you starting to get ready. You're not done. You don't have anything right now. You've got nothing. But I do think that with him, you know, he's going to leave this conversation and he's going to make a beeline for Felicity. And I think that what he's realized is already an important step. Like, I think it's a totally different, Yes, it might take him years and years and years of his life to actually like have all of this lined up where Greg seems to have it right now, you know, but maybe that's not what's important. Maybe the important thing is that he's saying as a human, I now want focus. I want to be passionate about something. I want this. I want to know who I am and I'm going to figure that out because the Ben that we saw at the end of season one and the beginning of season two, wasn't thinking about those things. And he wasn't having introspective moments and deep conversations with friends, trying to figure out who he was and what they needed to, you know, like I think where he is, is already enough of a shift that he's coming closer to what Felicity used to need. Um, and I don't think that he has to get all, I mean, we are, we spend our whole lives trying to figure out who we are, really. I think there are shifts that we have in moments where things become clear, but this is going to be an endless process for him. I think that he's pretty far along that journey to be able to say, I have a notable difference in how I'm looking at the way that I should be in this world. He just needs I, to actually find the thing. And I think that's, fine it's not like he needs to like know everything but other than making the decision that he should care about something he's taken no other step i so definitely don't agree with that i think we've been saying like he is the what was the last episode we were saying like he's the only character in the show at that moment that seemed to be looking at any of the other characters really like being there for them and seeing what they were doing. He is observing things in a way that is really standing out or has been standing out from the other characters in the show because they're so focused on themselves. And so he has become very in tune with other people. He's been talking, like pursuing, having deep conversations with people about their stuff where he didn't used to do stuff like that all the time you know and he's doing it more and more now even your note about like the the painting party the only person who held the door for anybody else was ben and i think that was 
it, it sounded like it wasn't scripted, but I think it's well-placed because he is really starting to look at, it's not just about him, it's about the world around him. And I don't know, I see him as being in a totally different place now than he was at the start of the season. Like, and there's more growth to happen, but I, I don't, I don't think those two versions of Ben are in the same universe. I mean, I do agree with that. I feel like he, he's becoming more supportive. He's becoming less selfish. And if we remember the reason that Sean said Ben wasn't ready to be with Felicity, it was because Ben wasn't in a place to have a serious relationship and Felicity was head over heels in love with him. Mm. Right. And now we're in a situation where Felicity may not be as head over heels in love with him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I guess my real question is, so is he ready for that serious relationship with her? And I also think there's that, a second challenge that was put to him because uh, Sean put it in front of him that way. Felicity, when she was breaking up with him, said, look, I need to be able to talk about my feelings. I need to be able to get emotional, get upset and have a conversation about it. And that's just how I am. And he was not prepared to meet her in that place. He wanted to be like, can't we just be can't this just be what it is? Can't this just be fun? Can't this just be casual? And Felicity was like, I I think about stuff and I want to talk about it. And he, he couldn't meet her there, but he's been meeting her there now, not as her boyfriend. He's been meeting Noel there, not, you know, just as friends, you know, he's been, um, I think that part has completely shifted. And then the question that you posed is from the Sean challenge of like, you want it to be fun question. Like, is it, is he ready for that relationship? And that is where I think sort of Sean is, is coming at it where, you know, Ben says, I really think I'm ready to be with her. So I think you know, maybe he doesn't have it figured out that he's ready to be there for her in those ways. The th- part that he doesn't have is knowing exactly who he is. And I think that's a piece that he has to work on still, but does that mean he can't be in a relationship? Like I, I think that he is prepared to be serious with her yeah. from what we're seeing. And that sort of, where I think we end this scene is he's saying like, I'm ready to be with Felicity and Sean, who I still agree with, you know, turns around and says, what you doing here? Then go tell her about that. Because if you're ready to be with her, if you're ready for that serious relationship, if, you know, you've addressed the earlier concerns, then, you know, I think the question is going to be, is there a new concern on the table? Because I think he has addressed the old concerns. The, his new thing that he's wondering is, is the fact that Felicity seems to be interested in Greg due to him knowing exactly what he wants in life. 
And I think that's yeah. a new thing. It's a second thing layered on. The original thing was, could he be in a serious relationship? And I think from what we're seeing, he's already behaving with the people around him. Like he can handle serious relationships of all sorts, including with Felicity, who, you know, he's pursued conversations with her about her parents. And like, he's gone to some really dark places with her um, for, for what she's dealing with. So I think he is, he is sort of, conquered that level of the video game you know like he's he's there with that's the level that he's at now i want to have these be i want to be able to have these serious talks the problem is like is she now looking for somebody who in addition to all that has an exact idea about what what they're doing for the rest of their life and that would be a new wrinkle but it's probably on his mind is like is that now the requirement? Is that the most important thing here? Um, Cause he figured out the last, the first problem, but you know, this is a new one. Yeah. I mean, from where I'm standing, it's, he's now said, I'm ready to be with Felicity. So he can go tell her that mm-hmm. if he wants. The question is, now is Felicity in a place where she wants to be with him? And I don't know. I don't know that I like this message here of change yourself to be with a person Mm -hmm. that you like. Like, I don't like, I think him going on a self-improvement journey. Great. But at this point, like, all right, I'm ready to be with her then go and tell her is the right move because, you know, it's then her, her choice. It's not, well, now she wants something else. Let me become something else. Mm-hmm. Although I do think that kind the, of thing- the way it sounds like it's going to go. Yeah. But I also think that's what's happening. That's what's, what happens in college anyway. I think that's a time when people are trying to figure out who they are. It, for some people that happens at different times, but I think a lot of people sophomore year of college are like, oh my goodness, the future. And it seems like this big amorphous, scary thing. And you're like, who? you might be deciding what your major is. You might like, it's prompted usually by something. You might be thinking, oh, I need to start getting ready for jobs after, or what do I want to do for internships over the summer? Like, there's all this future stuff that's bearing down on you. And he's got somebody like Pavone who's pushing him like, okay, swimming's done. What are you doing now? Um, so like he's getting this message from multiple sides. And if I remember going back to, if I go back to that time in my own life, when I was in college, what are the types of questions people always ask you? What are you going to major in? What are you doing later? Like, what do you want to do? Like it's, it's, it becomes annoying. Um, we haven't seen these characters get as much pressure like that from outside forces, but it makes a lot of sense to me that Ben would be doing this work at this time, no matter what. And I think that there's an extra incentive to do it because he's comparing himself up against Greg. And it's fine if it's again, the journey that he wants to take and figure out the stuff for himself. Mm -hmm. But it shouldn't be based on Felicity. Yeah. We're going to have to see if 
We're going to have to keep an eye out for that in the episodes where he really starts to look into it. Because I think there's one that's going to go in a direction you don't love, but I think that there's, there are some that start to make it look more like, we'll have to see. Yeah. I mean, it's just the way that this conversation is, is delivered where he's like, Oh, you know, Felicity admires Greg because he's got all this stuff and I don't have that, but I'm ready to be with her. Mm-hmm. And I agree with Sean. Then he's like, go tell her, like, don't wait and, you know, try to get all that stuff. Um, but I mean, we'll see later. He's not going to tell her. Yeah. It's tough too, if you're in Ben's position here, because um thinking thinking oh felicity might be into this greg guy maybe i need to be i don't think felicity wants to be particularly serious about anybody right now so trying to measure yourself up against anybody including somebody who appears to be more successful in this situation it's like oh i don't even know if that's um you know she's so focused on what's happening with her family and like all this other stuff that's happening is it's a, it's a nice distraction, you know, like it's, but is it her making serious decisions about what she wants for her future? I don't know that that's where it's coming from. So it's tricky for Ben to be looking at it in that way. I appreciate that he's feeling threatened. Um, and I get why, and it probably feels time sensitive to him, but that doesn't really mean that she is she's ready for a serious relationship with anybody, even if she is getting closer to Greg. I mean, maybe not, but who knows? Seems like she is getting closer to Greg. Yeah, that that she is. So we're gonna head from here to the health center, and um, Felicity drops in, and Greg's ready to celebrate because they just passed their review. Yay! He says, "You want to hang out?" And I assume that meant go out to a bar or like get dinner. No, no, they're just going to stay in the health center (laughs) and drink something out of the mini fridge that holds like blood samples and shit. So this was a Um, little weird. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So he's got, yeah, he's got this mini fridge and it's got some strange looking bottles in it. And he's like, Oh, there was somebody who came in and thought they had an STD and it turned out to be chicken pox and they were really happy. So they gave me a thank you gift. Um, Okay, so they're going to drink that. But then there was this line that sounded like it had been blatantly ADR'd, basically like uh, additional dialogue recording. Like you go in after and they need to get another line or they need to get it yeah. a little clearer or they need to add context. And so they have you go in after the whole scene's been shot and they you record the dialogue. I think that happened here because after he yeah. says the bit about, he holds up the bottle and he says, uh-huh you know, the whole bit about the chicken pox and this and the STD. And then you hear this line that sounds completely different than the other ones where he says, it's just, a, it's just a sparkling apple cider. Or no, he just says, it's just a sparkling cider. Sparkling cider. And that line sounded like he had to record that in a different place because it didn't sound like the rest of the audio. And I was like, I wonder why was that like a, they were trying not to promote underage drinking or like, what was the... Well, we what just saw Ben there? having a beer. 
I know, like we've seen <laughs> so... it, we've seen it so many times, right? But why did they like? I wonder if it was an audio issue the first time they tried to get that line, or if there was like something. So about... was it just the sparkling cider part? Yes. Because he says something like, uh, "It's not champagne." It's just a sparkling cider. Oh, it might have so been. So did it include the whole? Um, but that okay. it was specifically that line. Interesting. I didn't notice that. Yeah, it was a little weird. I was like, why? Um, <laughs> is this a disclaimer <laughs> they've been asked to make, or was there like fuzz in the microphone or something? I like it's you know weird. Um, but I was like, oh, Lincoln it sounds like he's <laughs> like why does this line sound so different um bizarre i also assumed sparkling cider was hard cider as i was thinking about it so uh, but you're right it's sparkling cider not hard cider mm-hmm. um yeah and it's in a very weird container for sparkling cider like was it homemade like it, it looks like moonshine is going to be served yes. out of it or something right <laughs> Like, like something that someone what? concocted in their bathtub yes. is now in this weird jar in your weird mini fridge with all of the like, like samples of urine. Like, like I would have been equally as I expected it to be either moonshine or something that had like a skull and crossbones on it. And yes, it was like some yes. sort of like rat poison <laughs> like... Well, or drugs of some sort. Yeah. Like, it was weird. Oh man. But hey, it's but okay, Fish. It's just sparkling look, cider. We both, okay. We both think it's weird. And I also thought it was weird that when he said you want to hang out, he meant here on this couch, right, right here. Yeah. Um yeah. but I will say loved the music for this scene. I felt that it was very intimate. And I think, I think I figured out what this one was. Oh. I might be wrong because I'd have to go back and listen to them side by side, but I think it was The Wide Atlantic by Mark Davis. Okay. Just this very like sort of quiet, intimate song. I think one of the reasons I love the music from this episode is because even though it's the DVDs and they're other artists than the original, like most, if not all of the songs sound very 90s mm-hmm. like you know i was going back and listening to some that that i think are in here at different points but i don't know exactly where because again i'd have to listen to it again but we've got ephemera morning sun vertical horizon send it up matthew sweet who was 90s if time permits like and this the wide atlantic i think they all feel of that time period mm-hmm. so like 90s early to early 2000s um and i just i really enjoyed it it was like well lit and and we got this sort of i don't know more intimate friendship that's starting to grow into something maybe yeah um and before they kind of get into that greg says you know what your dad was right to order that test mm-hmm. he he like makes that concession he's like you know what yeah this kid actually the guy had an arrhythmia mm-hmm. um so he 
he makes that point and they sit down and they're, they've taken care of all the business and now they're having their sparkling cider and they're telling jokes on the couch. (laughs) I mean, she feels, it feels like she's very comfortable and they're both like smiling on and off at each other and, you know. I think they've gotten to a place where they both feel, uh, this is going to sound weird for me to say, like worthy. Um, But like the dynamic of this relationship started with like, she's doing community service. He's, I guess, her boss in that situation. There's this hierarchy. He's kind of annoyed with comm serves in general. He's planning not to like her. (laughs) You know, like there's a lot of stuff where it's like they needed to get on equal footing and yeah. I think they're there. Yeah, I think he has respect for her. And I think he has leaned on her during the stressful time. Mm-hmm. And she brought her dad in, who was right. And, you know, I, I also think he's attracted to her. Mm. Um, and she, on the flip side, you know, likes the fact that he's passionate about this work and, you know, likes the fact that he can run this center. And, you know, it gave her an excuse to find a place for her dad to come where they could hang out more. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think she's attracted to him. It's a pretty even match when you look at it, at least in this moment, where where they are completely even. Mm -hmm. Like, I definitely still think like he's her boss, Mm -hmm. but like, you know, it's, it's definitely more even than when they started. Yeah, it's certainly a lot closer. And I think even him being her boss, I think that he's finding a sensitive way to approach that. And I think I that, that we, they got there come. because he pushed back, she pushed back at him a couple times where it's like, don't treat me like an idiot. You know, it's just like, this is the task. I will do it. I will help you with this. And like, um, I think those pushbacks she did early was part of how they got here. Yeah. I don't know that I would consider Greg um, intentionally sensitive, uh, but I do think that he reacts. Like, I feel like I don't, I've seen what, two episodes with him in it, but I do feel like what I've seen so far is intensely practical from Mm -hmm. him. And it's like, you know, yeah, I'm going to be a dick and not care about you if you're gonna mess with my clinic but if you are a valuable person like i'm going to give you respect and treat you well because i can use your help for the clinic Mm -hmm. like so to me it it's more it's not so intentional about him being like oh i'm your boss like i should make sure to approach it in this way or the other it's just he's like you're here for the same reason i am and yeah. we're all just doing the best we can. So in that way, we are kind of equal. Yeah. Um, well, they're having all this happen. And Ben, who is, we know, on a mission, he, mm. you know, whatever mode of transportation he took, he charged forward out of the <laughs> conversation with Sean. And here he is shown up into this conversation. And as an audience member, I don't know, actually fish how did you feel when you saw ben walk in what did you want to happen in that moment oh man um well I, first of all i thought he walked um okay. and he's coming 
to the health center. And I don't know how he thought like Greg wouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe he thought he could like pull Felicity aside or something. I, I just don't think this was the place to go do it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, but he walks in and he, he sees them talking and he sees Greg reach over with this very familiar kind of laying his hand on top of her like hand, which is on her leg and they're laughing and they're talking to each other and, and it, I guess I, I don't think the two of them are ready for each other. Let me put it that way. Like, with everything going on with her and with what she's saying with, like, to Greg, and I think she's got this little thing going on with him, and Ben's really trying to figure it out for himself, I I still feel like we would be heading towards, like, an implosion mm-hmm. um, if, if they were to get together. I mean, doesn't mean I don't want to see it, but, like... Uh, I'm okay with him chickening out. Uh, I feel like he, he sees them talking and he gets in his own head with the Greg's got all this stuff that I don't, and they're becoming like closer and closer and he sees them and he feels bad about himself and he leaves. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like I didn't, I didn't find it like heartbreaking from a romantic perspective. I found it heartbreaking from like a Ben self-assessment of himself yeah. and how he feels about who he is yeah. and his own self-worth. Yeah. That's what I felt really bad about. I, yeah. So uh, what I don't, it's hard to remember exactly what I felt the very first time I would have seen this. I am team Ben and I want to see them together, but when he charges into the health centers unobserved, I am hoping he won't interrupt them because I, it's like, oh, this doesn't feel like the time. Um, right. It feels like more yeah. damage will be done than good by interrupting this moment. And uh, that really struck me watching it here. And I was relieved that he saw it. I was very sad for him. Like you said, that it felt like, you know, he sees this moment and it's not just a look of disappointment. His eyes go down. He kind of slumps forward a little bit and you just feel like he feels bad about himself. And it's like, Oh yeah. man, this guy, um, that doesn't need to be the takeaway, Ben, you know, like, but, uh, disappointment, I get, but I feel bad that he, I feel that way about what he's doing here. Um, it's like a, I'm so unworthy kind of moment. Yeah. It's like, man, dude, just as we were talking about Greg and Felicity, you know, coming to more even playing field, it's like Ben stomping himself down. Yeah, that's hard to see. It um, is. Because in many Especially... ways, he's making really admirable choices in these recent episodes in terms of like being there and being a good person for others. And it's like, yeah. ah, you're 
you're fine the way you are. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, we're gr grow as a person, but you're fine. Um, and also your self-worth shouldn't be tethered to Felicity. Yeah. Like, but isn't it interesting? Her own stuff. Like, isn't it interesting how we've gotten there? Because we open this series and Felicity's mm -hmm. self-worth is absolutely tethered to Ben. And could you have imagined, you know, honestly, no. this far later that it would be basically completely reversed? And, and it is purely like the brilliance of this show like all of the actors involved all the writers involved all the directors involved, like everyone involved in this show that they actually got here and i believe it because if you had told me that they were gonna flip by like season two i i would have said there's no way there is zero per, like zero chance that that's going to be believable and you know what I'm actually thinking right now? I've never thought about this before, so bear with me. Um, maybe the reason why when I see Ben walk into the health center wanting to have a conversation with Felicity, but in order to do so, he has to burst in on this scene with Greg. Maybe the reason I was so uncomfortable about that and like screaming to the to the screen, like, don't, don't do it right now. <laughs> maybe what I was thinking about was the pilot episode where Felicity pulls Ben out of the lunchroom onto the stairs and has that whole like, so I've been into you for a while <laughs> monologue where she's just like, but I'm fine now. I'm over it. You're we're friends. That's cool. <laughs> like She backs all the way out of it. And I feel like if he had tried to do something here where he really did approach her, we might have had another one of those. I feel like it would have been worse. Oh, boy. they know each other now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, could it? Oh, my God. If it could, if it would have been worse, I can't even, I can't even. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because oh, before he could kind of be like, okay, crazy girl. Like he dealt with it well, but like crazy girl. Mm -hmm. um, and he was able to kind of laugh it off and be like, ah, like I can take her in a fight if I need to. <laughs> um, if we now reverse those roles and he pulls her out of a conversation with another dude, uh, like, and what confesses his undying love? Like, I don't know what he'd say. Like, cool. Can we get a burger? Um, and then one, she's like, I know you, like what's going on. Like we both got the Pavone thing, like. Da, da 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 also definitely can't take you in a fight mm -hmm. like if you're the crazy one ugh. like mm -hmm. so yeah. i yes i agree 100 percent. but i never thought that he would he would approach them when they were together mm. i thought you know if he saw them walking around separately then he'd like find a way to like grab Felicity to the side. I It never even crossed my mind that he might go over to them while they're sitting together like that. Well, you just don't know. He was on such a mission to, you know, to begin with. It's like, oh, I don't know. what's going to happen here? Um, but I mean, Ben isn't, he's not totally oblivious to everything. <laughs> like, 
No, I think he's I, generally I think not oblivious to things nowadays. Person. But I mean, if he was going no, to the health even, center after hours, who was he going to find there? You know, like me, Greg and Felicity. But like, hopefully, yeah. not sitting together having a conversation, which would be different. I I guess my expectation was, or I thought his expectation was that he would come there. They'd still be working after hours. He'd come up and, you know, maybe lean on the counter while they're doing Excel spreadsheets and say, you know, hey, Felicity, when you get off, like, do you want to grab a beer? Do you want to, like, grab, have you had dinner yet? And then he'd take her somewhere else, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then again, fool that I was, I thought Greg was taking her somewhere else. Um, I mean, just goes to show you. <laughs> yeah, apparently the health centers are really the place to, like, yeah. get intimate um oh my goodness well okay shall we look at elena tracy stuff yes um yes please and this the stuff we got with elena and tracy in this episode proves to me that you and i were right and what they should have done in the beginning <laughs> of season two for elena is have her do interviews with potential uh or like trial runs with potential lab partners until she found Tracy and show us as many yeah. really bad bits as possible before you get to Tracy. She can handle the comedy. But also, yeah, but also that Tracy would be the one that she still tries to get rid of and he won't go. He sticks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she kind of has a little bit of that going on here and it is hilarious. That's what we needed. We put it out there, yep. and by seeing this episode, I am certain that that would have been great. Uh, yes. And then we get this, which was amazing. Yeah, I mean, first of all, her hair. Oh, my God. She has such great hair. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my God. And I just love everything about that. I, I love how Tracy is playing this. He's got her number, and he's so... It's a game for him. He's loving it. He's like on top of the world. He's playful. Like his smile is amazing. I mean, I could go on for a while. Come on, guys. Come on. Um, I so believe that they are a good match. You know, like Elena is uh is a strong dynamic person and he is a strong dynamic person and somehow they're finding this negotiation and um and he's seeing her for everything that she is and she's seeing him for the things that he is and i think that's a good she's learning like She's she's on a learning curve. I feel like Tracy has her number and Elena is continuing to find things out about him. Um, and he's like feeding her little things and he's being really playful about it. And Elena, I, you know, she's so serious that she needs someone like this to like pull the fun out. Right, and she's probably not used to somebody challenging her this what this much in this way. No, and I like the fact that he is smart, mm-hmm. and 
pulled her and completely off balance. Yeah, and she doesn't. She, I feel like she likes it and she respects it, but she, it also like deeply frustrates her. Yes. <laughs> it's so great. It's so great. So the whole game around their scenes in this episode is the competition around their grades and the competition around studying the co just competition. Um, so when yeah. we first see them, Elena is studying in the library. Tracy has showed up late. She's like, where have you been? He's like walking to the library. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> what, if, what if we use that? Like, why are you late to this meeting? Because I was coming to the meeting. Like, Some of us came here on time. I don't know. I don't even know. It was so great. Um, it was amazing. That was oh I want to use it and have it not work <laughs> and just see like why did it work for Tracy and not me um but uh, it doesn't even matter him. that he was late because he knows everything already like yeah. he's read it he already read it yeah well, no, no, he skimmed it he's you know he's he's done with that chapter yeah yeah that's fine but he's, he's gonna take a seat yeah he's gonna give and, away a little uh, sniff and be like hey we're in that perfume again He's exactly. getting everything he needs to know from the fact that she keeps wearing this perfume, apparently. He's very confident yeah. in what that means as a signal. I mean, he made it very clear that he enjoyed it during the wallpapering party that was like a 0% success. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and yeah, she's she's sitting there. She's looking good. She's studying. She doesn't really believe that he knows everything she's like eh, go back over it like yeah the perfume yes it, thank you i do smell good but um she's like i'm here to study and and you should be taking it as seriously as i am because yeah. i'm gonna kick your butt that's the thing I kick your butt in the test i'm gonna win and you're gonna lose mm -hmm. l-o-s-e-r loser Yep, the who, the her. Um, for those of you who remember, that was an Ace Ventura Pet Detective yes. reference. Thank you. Love him. Uh, Fantastic. Yep. yep, yep, yep. So yep. the next time we see them, we are going Love to get it. extreme close-ups. Ex I've got to say, they <laughs> like very close-up shots. You're going to get like his eyes and then her eyes. And nose. Back and forth. It's like eyes and nose, maybe brows through nose. <laughs> and that is it. <laughs> and in the background, you can hear she keeps clicking her stopwatch because she's doing her system. And so it adds this real tension. Yep. And the camera is very quickly panning back on these tight shots. And uh, they're studying. But my God, is there sexual tension? <laughs> It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Mm -hmm. Yes. You get these huge close-ups. And then you. when I looked down on the table, I wrote, M&Ms are back. Because mm -hmm. um, she's got her system. You know? just And he, mm, he's got a system. It's called, apparently, like, eidetic memory or something. Yeah. Like he just, he's reading the stuff and he's he gets it. Yeah. And they're sitting there like he's done and he's just kind of watching her mm -hmm. and she is being very serious. And I feel like at this moment he's like, hmm, what can I do? And a little frustrated. Is her off? <laughs> yeah. 
It's like, well, here it, I am studying so hard. Who's this guy? What's he doing here? Why? Why exactly. is this? And he feels that. And he's like, she's already a little frustrated. Like, what can I do to put her over the edge? Like, I just want to, I just want to like nudge her like right off the edge of that cliff and see what happens uh-huh. in, in like a funny, charming way. So he's like, let me see what I can do here. There's a lot of wallpaper. Let me go see if I can just like take one of these scrapers and start, you know, showing her that I'm all done and uh, I'm going to help, you know, do some, some manual labor here for her. He takes the scraper. He swipes it up the wall once. He pulls off one piece of paper and she's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, success. <laughs> So she's like, all right, let me quiz you. That's what we'll do. Let's make sure you know your stuff. So she starts asking him questions from the reading. Yeah, lots of words that I can't pronounce. Mm -hmm. Like the Kniserol reaction. And Tracy's all like, Kniserol, he was an Egyptian king. And she's like, come on, be serious. And then he like tells her word for word what it said in the textbook. I love her eyes. It's like the first, (laughs) the first question she asks, you know, she looks at him like, oh, you don't know, huh? He's like, and he tells her the right answer. And she's like, okay, fine. That one was too easy. Mm -hmm. Here's another one. And he's messing around. But he, the second time he gives her a right answer, her eyes go wide. And then she realizes he's giving me right answers to stuff that wasn't even, it's like in the next week's reading. And that's, that was the third question where Mm -hmm. she was, and she didn't even get to finish her question. She just starts talking and boom, he knows the answer. And she's like, whoa, hold up. I didn't finish the question. And that's in chapter seven. Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, you know, I read it. I just read it. Let me go back to uh, the wallpaper here because mm-hmm. i got it you know you you finish up you you got plenty of time mm-hmm. i'm good i'm gonna chill here um and it could have been like that they could have continued on that way for an hour with him scraping wallpaper and her studying yeah but elena wouldn't be elena nope <laughs> it's just eating at her so it hard <laughs> does not take long I mean, it's like an additional 1.5 seconds. It's like her own little chemical reaction that's happening. It's like, yeah. I can't. She can't even get to one M&M. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. No. Like, you have to him. leave. Yeah. He's like, what? Uh, you have to leave right now. <laughs> yeah. She just kicks him out of her apartment. She's He's like, smiling the whole time. Oh, it's so good. She's like, you're scraping too loud and I can't concentrate with your snide attitude. And you're scraping. (laughs) You and your snide attitude. And his smile just gets bigger and bigger. And he, uh, he, he's going to leave, but he's going to leave with a parting shot basically like you're the most competitive person i've ever met in my whole life <laughs> but he's smiling she's like, I'm not competitive he's smiling so hard yeah and she's like she's she's legit mad she's really mad uh, but he's sitting there like i know i've got you that's it yeah <laughs> like, i just wrote down uh hap- like he's happy he's winning 
Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. he is winning. He's winning at life just by being him. And then like cherry on top, he not only gets to piss Elena off, he gets to turn her on and beat her in the studying. And uh, see, I don't know that yeah, I think he's, he's, he's really happy. motivated by beating her in study. I think that he's motivated by what that does to Elena. And I think he is like so interested in Elena that he wants to elicit that reaction. So I think like, you know, the fact that he happens to be better, like, I don't think that's where the competition is coming from, from him. Well, I agree. When I said he's happy, he's winning. He's winning like in this him versus Elena, like he gets to frustrate her, he gets to turn her on, mm-hmm. he like he knows he's got her. Like, yes, he's also winning from kind of like the studying perspective. You know, it yeah. seems like she needs to put in more work than he does, but he's. I think he's happy to be winning all around. Yeah, he's just, but, but mostly I think you're right. He's, he's very into what he can do to Elena. Mm -hmm. And then he's just going to rub it in a little further in the next scene. They actually take this test Mm -hmm. and he finishes well ahead of everybody else in the (laughs) class. And he's annoying all the people around him by loudly tapping his pencil on the table and on his head. He's tapping on his head. And then he's he's getting Elena's attention. Yeah, she's noticing. Yeah, he's making noise. He is he is very attractive while he's doing this. You know, he he, Donald Faison has this way of like his arrogance it pairs so well with his comedy. Yeah. That I I just love it. Um, yeah, so I think yeah. in real life, arrogance like this, I'd be like, thanks, but no. But for this character, <laughs> he he's just so exactly pushing her buttons and the way that he kind of needs to if he's going to like, she's going to be like, you're worthy of me. Um, <laughs> 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 like, it just there needs to be this level yep. of challenge for her to get her attention. And but uh, again, other people could challenge her it's it's the way he challenges her like yes he challenges her academically but there's no way to take him seriously as a threat because he's so like goofy and charming and like everything that he is so like he's making noise he's attractive he like picks up his papers and walks slowly by her and whispers good luck in her ear make sure for sure he's watching she's watching him walk out the door yeah and then he gets and then we get our (laughs) second we get our second split screenshot here of him outside the door everyone who's taking the test can see him really elena and then like the ta proctor whoever can't yeah it's framed exactly the way the shot with ruby and noel was earlier but in that shot it was very upsetting and in this shot it's hysterical it's amazing so he walks out the door and we can still see him and elena's looking at him and he 
throws his backpack to the side <laughs> out of frame, like in this big flourish. And then he starts this dance. And it goes on like a long enough time that you're like, how long are we going to be watching this dance? And it gets better and better as you're watching it until, and he would have continued until the proctor gets up, the TA, whoever it is, and slams the door. <laughs> it's so great. And she's yeah, so frustrated. He starts off with like, oh, she is. It starts off with, um, he's he's doing a bunch of 90s dance moves mm -hmm. and so he's like starting with one and he's like mini cabbage patching and he's he's just because he can dance mm -hmm. and you know he's just doing these like he's moving from one to the next to the next to the next mm -hmm. and and what we see is you know while yes elena is fuming she can't not smile because the whole time the he has this like shit eater smile on his face it's like so you see me you see me now and she does and she's like trying not to smile but smiling she smiles mm, yeah. she, she's smiling he, she he got it. it he got yeah. did exactly what he was trying to do yes this brings us to our final scene with them, which was amazing. So Where good. the, po I guess the, the grades, the scores are posted on a wall. Elena goes and sees her first. Then Tracy comes up and sees his. And then they size each other up. They're like, how'd you do? How'd you do? I did okay. I did okay too. And then we find out. Tracy got a 99. Elena got a 95. We don't find it out in that order. Okay, because, we find it out in the other order. Yeah. You know, Tracy's like, well, what'd you get? And Elena is so confident in her. I got a 95. What'd you get? And then Tracy comes in with a 99. And, well, so seems like as good a time as any for Tracy to be like so we going out going to dinner come with me on a date mm -hmm. yeah, yeah maybe mm -hmm. and Elena is just like fine and walks off so great skirt great skirt she's got an attitude walking off like uh, she knows she knows when she walks away that he is just going to be staring at her ass all the way down the hallway. Yeah. Like she's got this white skirt on with the nice hip, hip hugger. And she's like, he may have gotten a 99, but I'm going to take like the next six seconds of his life to be looking at my ass. Yeah. It was just this perfect, like the, com the competition, it's, uh, they just got it exactly right. It's like, Got a 95. What did you get? 99. Come to dinner with me? Fine. <laughs> he's like, walks away. He, swish, 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 swish. He's never angry. <laughs> yeah, she was, though. But that's the thing. He's never angry. It's like she was. Mm -hmm. But it's like she's she says, 95. What'd you get? And he goes, 99. 
-hmm. like just chill with a big smile. Like he knows the second he saw he got a 99, he knows he's got her beat. Yeah, that is exactly And she it. is so sure that she has him beat. Uh, they, it's just they are going to provide, I think, just some really amazing moments going forward. And I am here for it. I am they looking forward to it. Well, yes, it's uh, a lot of unexpected stuff, too. So it'll be fine. That is for sure. Interesting. Unexpected. But um, shall we? I don't know. We may be heading for a record recording length here. We'll see how it goes. Shall we head into the what the club did they say segment? Yes. I'm going to fully admit there weren't really a lot of good ones. But we're going to do it anyway because we have a song. Uh, Okay. So the first one is on the Ben and Pam date. And as we've said, we love Pam. It's just, uh, it's all Pam for this Mm -hmm. one. And she says, can I just say that I don't know who that person was? I mean, who forced my on you? I never do that. That's so like Cosmo girl. Yep. Yep. She was a little forward. A little forward. Yeah. And the next one we have is our lovely Elena Tracy duo. Uh, and Elena says, I want you to leave. Tracy's like, you're kidding. And Elena says, no, I'm not. You're too loudly. What was he doing? What was, what was he doing too loudly for Elena while she was studying? Singing acapella. Ah, he'd be good at that. Mm Mm-hmm. I fully, fully believe he'd be good at that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and one more. Mm-hmm. Here we have our Javier Ben. Uh, another bonding moment. Javier says, Benjamin, we need to talk. Ben says, what? Javier says, man to man. Ben says, why? Javier says, trust me. So there we go. They're, uh, wow. that's how they're talking. How, so they're talking man to man and, and what to what? Apologist to apologist. That doesn't make sense, but it was the first thing that came to my mind. Apologist for what? For, for walking in on each other in the shower. <laughs> I got there, all right? All right. Oh, Fish just kept asking me for more information. <laughs> and this happened. Okay, I'm sorry. This is what we love about people who do uh improv. <laughs> they they will say things. Just never know. The first thing that comes to their mind because that's what they've been trained to do. They don't sit there and think nope. and say, is this appropriate for me to say out loud? Nope. No, you're just gonna get. First thing, first thing out of their mouth. And hey, and guys, then, that might have put a whole new layer on this show for you. Okay, and if it did, I mean, maybe let's just enjoy the rest of season two with that in mind, huh? I mean, hey, fan fiction. 
Yeah, fan uh, fiction. Yes. Again, something you could share with us. Fan fiction. True. Yeah. Very true. Well, before we, we get to that. how you can share it with us. Shall we get to, oh, well, I mean, because that was the what the club did they say segment, but now we're heading into our favorite segment. Yay. After you listen to this tape, you have to erase it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which is going to make, uh, I can't believe you called it this, given your, like, animosity towards the actual tape. I didn't know that I was, that they were going to pursue <laughs> half of the device this long. And the, I, I was... I love the device at the start of the show. Love it because both of them are having conversations with each other. But at the point when they started to half do it and only one of them was talking to the other one, it's like, at what point would you just say, Sally, this isn't working out anymore? I think, I think we need yeah, to go our separate ways. Also, uh, from what I'm remembering from college, Melissa, how long did you have a Walkman that played actual cassette tapes? Oh, gosh. I had it like definitely all the way through college. I never had yep. a disc man. Yep. That's what I remember. <laughs> so I think I went from Walkman to iPod. Yeah. And that was years that later. Sense. Yeah. yeah. She, she was And special. for playing CDs, by the way, I brought a boom box to college. I did too. Yes. That was, I mean, that was the time period. Yes. But yeah, she definitely for like going out and walking and stuff like that. Nope. She she had cassette tapes. For I was going a very, for playing mixtapes for whole very all long time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like literal mixtapes. Mixtapes. Not fun fact for you. C D version of them. Nope. Yeah. Nope, nope. Well, uh, okay, guys, after you listen to this tape, you have to erase it. I thought I was, okay, so there are a few things from specifically last episode that I wanted to mention. And then I wanted to just run through the array of comments we've received about Greg as a separate thing, because <laughs> it's just fun. So let's look at the ones from last episode first, though. So, um on the episode of True Colors at, from at Insta.Mickey, the second semester of sophomore year is just hard not to give a 10 in every freaking episode. So I hear you girls, just perfect episodes all the way through. But this episode is really special and represents the show so well. So we're not crazy. We're not. We were wondering. <laughs> yeah, we were. We we, I mean, people. we both came to... Yeah, we both came to the same conclusion separately, but that doesn't mean that we're not both cracked. Especially because we've had so much negative Greg feedback. So it's like, ooh, if we're going <laughs> to go go all in on a, a Greg episode, it's like, I don't know. But so far, people seem to like that last episode. So we also had um, on the episode in general at MEM underscore 0026 on Instagram says, I'm caught up now on all episodes. I think that means our episodes. I'm caught up now on all episodes. And yes, Ben Scott Speedman. All the accolades to him and more that he's so great at both drama and humor. Great line by the writers too. Uh, meaning the 63% of me thinks you're a dick. Oh, this yes. episode is probably a 10 for me too. Amazing genuine empathy by Sean to Julie. 
I think it's a great moment that gets overlooked. It's Sean who convinces her to finally take steps and get the help she needs. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yep. I think that, uh, man, the way, the way Greg pisses off Ben is, is meant for our amusement. It is a device that works very well, and um, I'm loving it. And and specific to that, on the 63% of me thinks you're a dick line, at Colleen.Tenbus says, one of my favorite Benisms. Yes, nothing better than a Ben burn. <laughs> Most of his Ben, the Ben burns are the same. But that one had a little flair. <laughs> <laughs> A little, a little extra. We added math to the straight Greg, you're a dick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so here's here's what I really <laughs> thought would be fun. So we asked on Instagram, Greg, love him or hate him? And I just wanted to read uh, through for you some of the responses we got. Because, uh, okay. you know, it's a real who's who of, yeah. of the people that we're engaging with on Instagram who we love so much. At Fool for Film. Hate, hate, hate. <laughs> Does he do something later? Like, no. I get it, he was a dick earlier, but like. Not really finished. <laughs> don't it's kind understand. of just like this all the time. Like, okay, like maybe the Party Lines episode that we'll get to, you could be like, oh, I don't know about that. But um, he's basically like this. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand what's driving all the animosity. Yeah, but, but let's like, just let it wash over us here for a second. So well, I, I'm just going to say, like, David, I would understand. Well, that brings me to our next comment. And some of the comments we had here at Anna Kekism. Again, don't know how to say your name, but we love you so much. Better than David for me. Yeah, I mean, see, that's kind of where I'm coming down. I'm like, he's not the worst. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and I actually kind of like him when he's not being a total douche. Yeah, fair enough. Well, at Felicity Restoration Project jumps in and little spoiler here, because Greg is going to cut his hair later. But this this comment is. I'll say he was decent looking when he cut his hair, but always an absolute pompous jackass. That mop head he had going on, though, was hilariously terrible. I think he was better than David, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So we got two better than David. Yeah. Uh, David isn't even part of this question. And people just can't stop with David. (laughs) I love it. The the way this community trolls david i guess is more interesting than david himself it is it absolutely is it's so funny because it's like i guess everyone had forgotten about him and then when we brought him up again they were like why did you do that to us Mm -hmm. we had comfortably forgotten about him yeah and and all the all the hate came out but but we're getting strong reactions to to greg too there's more to come so so i'm gonna slightly chop off part of this uh so that i just want to leave something as a little spoiler for you fish because i think it'll be fun but at angie coder kelly 
says, I could not stand Greg. However, it was hilarious when Megan was in love with him. Yeah. I, I mean, it is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, she basically had an orgasm while he felt her glands. Absolutely. Apps like I I love it. Yeah. And at Queen Shalana 75, same vein. He was just okay. I loved Megan's ex- obsession with him, though. It was cute. It's we love what yeah. Greg brings out in other people. Also, this this is a oh, fun little man. bonus. If Greg starts if Greg starts dating Felicity, like what is Megan gonna do? Is it she gets, gonna curse her again? It gets interesting. That's interesting between those two. Um, (laughs) At Insta.Mickey, bringing in stats, I think 93% of me loves to hate Greg. (laughs) 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 Um, Of course, my question is, what is the other 7%? Is it just like straight hates Greg or like, I don't know. At Insta.Mickey, we need to know. What is the other 7%? Does the other 7% like him or not care about him or? Oh my God. Um, <laughs> now, at Emmeline Bride hasn't really pinpointed it, but just can't stand him for some reason. <laughs> just just for some reason. You just know. for some could reason. Be, not sure why. Could be anything. Could be anything. Could be yeah. anything. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now. Anything at all. At Colleen.Tenbis also jumps in with this. I made my thoughts quite clear in my bleep, marry, kill email earlier on, but I will say post haircut, he's giving Bradley Cooper vibes. The character isn't my vibe though. Bring back Eli if Felicity needs to date outside the love train. Uh, mm-hmm. We Well, yes. I mean, so, okay. So first of all, I'm still liking him with the long hair. I don't know. I guess I'm the only one. Um, I'm okay with it. But I haven't I haven't seen him with the short hair yet, so I don't know. But I feel like just with my personal taste, I feel like if he cuts his hair, he's going to look a little too preppy douchebag to me. And then <laughs> I will have a really hard time being on his side. And then we have to give him a lacrosse stick and it's just going to be a whole mess um yeah yeah it's got that that essence to it i mean look i may just flip on him oh that would be interesting say yeah like he cut his hair now i hate him Mm -hmm. i mean that very well could be the turning point okay I'm, i'm not kidding i have i cannot stand the like khaki polo shirt wearing like you know, just preppy douchebag guy. I can't, I can't do it. Okay. I hear you. That seems fair. Well, uh, just a few more at sluz.bit says dislike, but dislike thumbs down, but not quite hate. All right. Okay. I mean, better than hate, hate, hate. Well, that brings us to our final two at Ms. Yuppie scum just puts two thumbs down but so it's three this total. Is upped by at Soraya E28, who put three thumbs down. Oh, so how many thumbs down would that be then? 
Well, so that's mm. three plus four because she upped it. So seven plus one is eight. That's eight thumbs down. Yeah, it's. Here's what I'm here to tell you, Fish. I don't know <laughs> what people are going to think about. I mean, look. This is why we weren't sure how our last episode landed. <laughs> it's like people just really don't like this character. I, I, um, I get it, guys. I get why. I, we also have a lot of Team Ben fans on on our page, so Greg absolutely is thwarting those two characters. There is no question about that. You know, like, for sure, if you're wanting Ben to approach Felicity in this episode, why doesn't he? Because of Greg. But, like, and he says some things that are, you know, like, yes, okay, okay, pompous. Like, he's he's got work to do. He's getting it done. And we hear you. So please just know that while Fish and I have some grace, and may even, Fish sounds like she basically likes Greg to this point, um, we hear you. We want to be sensitive to that and we wanted to give voice to that here because this podcast is for everybody <laughs> this is a legacy and yeah it's about mean, saying what we like when all as, of you hate something <laughs> mm -hmm. uh yeah i mean for as much like hate that david got he didn't get a single thumbs down and people just Greg didn't just have the eight. energy for david <laughs> <laughs> I can't even believe you asked this question. You know what's really funny? Turning. We are getting more response about David in a Greg post than we did about David in the David posts. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> just, just oh attention. my goodness. It's so funny to me. I know we don't usually just like run through every response, but I was just, I thought it was hysterical the way we all just came after him. Um, goodness. <laughs> I feel bad for Greg now. Yeah. Well, look, hopefully you all still love us because we're probably going to be apologists for him at some point, and that's okay. Um, or, again, I might totally hate him after the haircut and be very vocal about it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I maintain that he did excellent things for the story. I think we, we in one you character. You just like seeing Ben. <laughs> but in, in one character like, like ben frustrated i and love funny. seeing it i love seeing ben frustrated i like <laughs> that that is causing some sort of a reaction for felicity i like that greg being present is creating all this weirdness in megan um yes yeah. and i like the fact that the health center as like a place in the show has ultimately reunited our characters because it brought Noel and Ruby in. Um, in the next episode, it's going to bring other characters in. And it becomes a place where, because Fish, you were, you were expressing concern earlier this season about how just seemed like our main characters were on different shows, you know, like they just weren't interacting with, like there was a, a couple distinct crews and they weren't interacting with each other. And it was like, how are we going to get them back together? And I guess you could make an argument that the health center does that. Um, Cause it's the cool place to hang out. 
it, it, it drives a lot of new story that gives people a reason to latch on and connect back in. And so uh, I think that they did a good job of bringing us all back together in the second half of season two, where I know that was getting uncomfortable as we were getting out of the first half. Okay. But, I mean, so we've already got what? Ben and Felicity and her dad and mm-hmm. Noel and Ruby. Mm-hmm. So I guess Julie could come for therapy. Uh, and- she's not going to come for therapy, but next week's episode is going to be on a specific theme that allows both Elena and Julie to be in the health center. Interesting. Oh, yeah, because we have Megan. And so all we're mm-hmm. missing now is Elena, Julie, and Sean. Oh, and she's going to bring Sean back in as well. They're so, like, every awesome. character will have a reason to visit that location or to connect with Greg in some way. And we don't really get a lot of that with other stuff. Like, Sean at this moment really only kind of exists in the loft. Yeah. So to bring him anywhere I mean, else is kind of interesting. And then... But also, um, he he would be like Lloyd. Like, he can't use the health center. He's not a student. No, that's true. Very true. So, yeah. I'll let you noodle on that for a minute. <laughs> I was like, no answer to that, but all right. Yeah. Sometimes I spoil <laughs> you, sometimes I don't. Um, well, Fish, shall we rate this episode? Yes, I think we should. Did you want to jump in or do you want me to? Uh, why don't you go? Hmm. Okay. So uh, I'm not confident on my rating or my unit of measurement, but I'm going to give you both. Unit of measurement is Ginkgo Bill Blah Blah. Now, <laughs> I was going to say, uh, like, I'm sorry, tablets, wait. That has to be plural. Does it? Because wouldn't it be yeah, like just tablets or capsules plural. or something? Yeah, okay. but I want to see you try, try to, to say, say that. It. All right, Plural. so I'm going to change this unit of measurement to read Ginkgo Bill Blobla's. That is so hard to say, guys. Yes, very Try. Good. It's weird. Um, <laughs> uh, and I'm going to do 7.8 out of 10 Ginkgo Bill Blobla's. Uh, I think this is a good episode, but not a great episode. I think that actually the opening scene. Uh, didn't set it up well for me in terms of how I was going to feel about the rest of the episode because I felt really discombobulated watching the opening scene. And I expressed that as I was talking about it, but it made me, it actually gave me quite an impression of the rest of the episode that may not have been fair um, because it just felt like, whoa, we were throwing a whole lot into this. Um, And it didn't always make sense together for me. So that was a concern. Of course, there's the concern about, you know, leaving half of a Dear Sally segment. Um, <laughs> you know, so those are a couple of the things that it's not an episode that I'm like, it, it, does it compare for me to True Colors? No. Um, but it was good. It was strong. Um, and didn't feel like it cracked into the eight zone for me, to be honest. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like you give yourself more more freedom. You like go down to the 10th 
and I only go down to the like 0.5. Mm-hmm. So I have to choose a 0.5 or a zero. Um, for me, I mean, I didn't have a problem with the opening scene. I kind of like that. Love the music. Loved everything about Elena and Tracy. Um, don't have a problem with Greg. I think he was probably the best version of himself in this episode, okay. as opposed to the other some of the other ones. Uh, I would say that I I wasn't a huge fan of the slow mo Ben drinking a coffee moment. <laughs> that that threw me off, and honestly. I could do without the whole like Dr. Porter story. Like at this point, I really don't care about him. Um, Mm. And uh, like, I kind of wish they just sort of get to whatever the end is going to be. Like, what is Felicity going to realize? Like, like how is this going to be resolved? Like, he's just sort of like there and it's not funny and it's like, technical and medicine and i just don't care i really don't care about so him. you didn't really need dr porter and greg going toe-to-toe no yeah i mean look they can whip them out on their own time like during the show <laughs> i'm just not interested okay um so for me i, I mean i i just maybe there will be an episode where this does not hold true but I feel like I would ha- I would have a very hard time giving any episode that has Donald Faison in it like less than an eight. So this one gets an eight for me. Okay. Um, I think there's a lot of good things with like a lot of good stuff for us to talk about around Nolan Ruby, even if I didn't love what was actually said. And I'm just going to say, like, I feel like Elena hit it out of the park in terms of, like, her, like, overall look. Like, those jeans were freaking amazing. Like, and the coffin ring from Megan, like, they had some very nice choices. Uh, so, generally speaking, um, I like this episode. I mean, it's it's not a 10, but it's it was a good one. Yeah, I'd say that's overall still pretty strong for us. And very, you know, another episode where our ratings are really, really close. Yeah, we've been doing much better since the one... uh, That shall not be named. (laughs) (laughs) Help for the Love Lauren is our biggest spread we'll ever have, I think. Um, It'll be hard to talk about. Yeah, I don't think it's possible. It's possible mathematically, but uh, you would have to really hate an episode because um, <laughs> I don't think I'll ever get that low. Or I would have it. to give an episode a zero. You would, yeah. <laughs> so, meh. I mean, it's possible. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I just don't know. That's what we thought in great detail about this episode. What do you all think? We'd love to hear your feedback. We always love to hear how this stuff is landing for you. Or if you want to share Felicity fan art, feel free to do that. You can write to us at themelissafish at gmail.com. It's Melissa with one L, two S's, themelissafish at gmail.com. 
You can also find us and so many other cool people on Instagram at Felicity Podcast. And then if you want to be kept up to date whenever we drop a new episode of the podcast, we send in a newsletter whenever we do. And you can sign up for that if you check your show notes for this episode. Just find where it's written. There will be links and you can sign up there. And of course, if you if you like our podcast, write and review it because we would, the more that happens, the more other people who are fans of the show Felicity can find this podcast and become part of this community. So those are all some things to consider. Now, next episode, next time, we are going to talk about an episode entitled Revolutions. Fish. What do you think revolutions? revolutions. Yeah. What do you think that's going to be about? Oh, um, I've got two competing things in my head. I've got like the idea of like uprisings and revolutions. And then I've got revolutions around the sun, which could mean like days and time passing. Because hmm. um, usually if you hear a revolution, singular that's the uprising Mm -hmm. but i know that in the next episode julie's going to be in the health center for some sort of theme that is unrelated to her mental health which is also going to bring in elena and sean now how could that help me i don't know um sometimes when you give somebody more information (laughs) it gives them less information which is so fun yeah okay revolution i revolutions I am going to go with, let's see, who, who would be paused for a revolution? Um, I don't feel like there's any like Viva la Revolution going on right now. So I'm going to go with, uh, we see like, rapid time going by we're going to see like multiple days in one uh in one episode just sort of like flashing by as the earth turns okay uh, melissa's face says i'm not correct I'm <laughs> sci-fi yeah um that's not sci-fi well, that's okay, fair enough. that's called time <laughs> time is real time is it's fiction okay time is a construct no it's not it's fine um okay um all right good guess no it wasn't not from your not from your face that's fine i don't know who else could have like a a revolution oh uh there could be a protest on campus that's that's kind of revolution, revolution-like. Okay. Well, we're just going to see. Is Does it have to do with protests or the concept of time? Look, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. All I right. Know. Well, this is always fun for us to see what you think might be ahead. Um, I love it. Well, is there anything that you want to say about this episode that we somehow didn't get to um not specifically about this episode but i just want to say again for those of you who aren't on instagram and didn't get to read it how much i love melissa and how wonderful a friend she is and she always has the best birthday gifts uh and gifts in general like she 
is so creative. And not only did she do the cameo thing for me, which was amazing, she also uh, rewrote the lyrics to uh, Time Warp from the Rocky Horror Picture Show and made it all about this podcast and then called me and left me the whole song, which she sung on tune because she has a very nice voice. And it was amazing. And I loved it. I left that message uh, six <laughs> times. Six? Because it kept cutting me off. Because it, look, if you're going to rewrite all the lyrics to the whole Time Warp song, you know, you've got I a mean, long message a, it on was a long, It was a long song. And Fish's voicemail is a little finicky at times. And so the, yeah. the first time it cut me off after 30 seconds and I was like, oh, no, no, no. So you know how <laughs> voicemails are like, after you leave your voicemail, it might, and if you, if it cuts you off, it might be like, do you want to, con- to leave another message? Do you want to erase and re-record? So I had to keep hitting the erase and re-record button until I had gotten all the way through. And the, the uh. first time I did that, after the third time, it just cut me off altogether. And I was like, you know what, <laughs> voicemail, you don't, you don't make decisions around here. <laughs> Fish's voicemail is also really funny in that if you stick around long enough, does anybody else have a voicemail system like this where it gives me options? For example, press one if this message is urgent. Press two if this message is confidential. Press three if this message is urgent and confidential. Press four. And so it'll go through and it's like, wow, what happens? And I once pressed three for urgent and confidential because, of course... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and nothing new happened. Fish just got my voicemail. Yeah, there's nothing special I about didn't, it. No, and I I think I figured out what happened because different things have been happening with my voicemail over the years because I've had the same provider forever. Um, and Melissa like always likes to call and say, "Guess what your voicemail did to me this time?" <laughs> um, so I think what happened is I started this job. And I didn't have uh, a phone for the job yet. And so they connected my cell phone into like the jobs uh, phone system. And I feel like the current options are like for the office and they're like office options. So I need, now that I have a cell phone for the job, I need to go back and remove my personal cell phone like out of their system and then it can go back to continuing to frustrate you with like different things that happen yeah yeah press one if you want this message is urgent press two if it's confidential press three if it's urgent and confidential guys who wouldn't press three i know <laughs> everyone everyone presses three everyone i presses assume. three i'm gone uh well thank you very much fish that is a lovely thing to say and I, Thank first of you. all, want to say you're amazing. I love you. Aww. You're the best. But a close second is everybody who's listening because, my goodness, <laughs> yeah. how sweet. Like, we've been doing, Fish, I don't remember when we started this podcast. We, what month did we start this podcast in? Who even knows? But it was less than a year ago, right? Yes. Well, in that amount of time. February? Yeah, it might be around then. Like, 
Fish has a birthday. People come out of the woodworks. Everybody's like, we're getting so inside nice. jokes. We're getting, I mean, guys. I mean, amazingly nice, but also just all of you. You're hilarious. You're so <laughs> funny. Like the two of us were going through through your messages and you you guys, you're amazing. You're the best. Yeah. Second to fish. Well, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, we love you all. Brought to you to see that response. Yeah. <sighs> but that I is mean, me too. Yeah. That's all I was laughing stuff, so hard. I think. I think, yes. I I think we have officially done this podcast. This is I'm sure we could find something else to talk about, but why? Um, I mean, we'll see you again for revolutions, folks. It'll be fine. It's not by forever. It's just we're ending yeah. this podcast and rolling no. right into the next one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Which, I don't know. I don't remember. I think we're recording it right after Thanksgiving. So here's what I'd like to say to all of you. If you celebrate it, have a lovely Thanksgiving. Or for those of you in Canada, when it was a while ago, I apologize for not telling you at the time to have a lovely Thanksgiving, but I hope you did. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. Yeah. Well, we've done it all, Fish. I'm going to cut this thing off. So <laughs> until next Do time, it. Fish. Do it. Don't hook up with Ben while I'm gone. I'm a fish. Bye. Bye, everyone. You know, you know what I am? Yeah. I'm I'm Team Sean. Team, Team Sean. Sean.